Welcome to Wasted Potential Podcast. It is our fourth annual New, new Year wrap-up. Talk about movies we saw over the past 12 months. Mm-hmm. I'm Ronnie, your host, and with me is the pup-loving, positively perfect, persuasive, and presumptuous person, Shane. Hello. <laughs> We, we watched movies this year. <laughs> we watched a movie in person. We were podcasting together in person. We do this a couple times a year, and it's always a mistake. A terrible, terrible mistake. It's going to bite us in the ass. Like uh, a dog. Chasing its tail. <laughs> the, the, the Chasing cars. <laughs> <laughs> just, just constantly going around in circles, <laughs> doing this to ourselves. I don't know why, but here we go. It's my favorite podcast of the year. The one that also most least amount of people listen to every year because <laughs> only cares what we talk about with our wrap-ups. But 2023, the year is over. We're talking about movies that we loved, we hated, some more meh, then talk about movies that the other one did not see, and then <laughs> shows, and we'll wrap up with our usual we watch a movie together that's god-awful, or at least this time, god-interesting. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, this, this time wasn't... Awful, but uh, it wasn't caviar by our by you caviar. <laughs> it wasn't a Mel Gibson. Oh God! Film, film of revenge. <laughs> a twist within a twist that wasn't a twist. The twist was he was Santa all along. <laughs> no, he was racist all along. He oh, knew that. But um, Shane, overall temperature of the year. How were movies in the year twenty twenty three? It's weird because I think twenty twenty three is where most people have completely quit. On like conventional movies, like big releases, I think we're seeing a decline in like blockbuster revenue, but I, we're seeing a serious uptick in like movie making. Mm-hmm. So, like not out of the big studios, but like these medium-sized studios or like these lower levels. I think we're seeing a lot more of these movies make it to the surface, and I kind of mm-hmm. like it. Well, what's interesting to me is like I think. <clears throat> But like, I've seen a lot of Warner Brothers movies this year. A lot of Warner Brothers and a lot of them are comedies and like stupid movies. And those movies are just tanking. Yeah. But I think they're also like doing lower budgets and they're getting a little smarter because like these smaller companies give as much money as they can to someone who wants to make a movie. And then we get some good shit and some really weird, terrible shit. But then you, but you get more consistent kind of see. So we're seeing that. And I think bigger movies are. Because what? How many of your DC two DC movies two DC movies flopped, two Marvel movies flopped, and like two Disney movies flopped this year? So I think we're going to see a different kind of shift. I, Maybe I like it yeah. <laughs> because you could just see money starting to distribute out more until AI takes over, and then I think <laughs> the Renaissance is over. <laughs> but I don't know. It's funny because every other year you'll say movies sucked. Oh, this year is pretty good. Last year you're like movies sucked. This year, and then this year you're like, oh, the movies are pretty good. But- That's because those years I was watching blockbusters mm-hmm. and it was pissing me off. <laughs> and now I've just I go, oh look, another movie I'm not gonna see. Cool, thanks everybody. <laughs> All right, let's go watch about the guy that trains dogs. <laughs> <laughs> well, here let's actually jump to this really fast because there's a bunch of like big budget movies that I saw that Shane did not see. Shane, did you watch the Dungeons and Dragons movie? I did not. I did not. I'm surprised. I thought you'd want to see that. I like Dungeons and Dragons. I know because we play Dungeons and Dragons. There's a secret podcast just, that we have of us doing it that I can't find. I don't like movies that Chris Pines paid a lot of money. <laughs> if they don't pay him a lot of money, I usually like the movie. But if he's paid a lot of money, I don't like the movie. <laughs> yeah, it was fine. Did you watch Oppenheimer? I should have you made a billion dollars. I should have. It's from a filmmaker who actually it got made caught some. up in the Barbenheimer, which pissed me off. <laughs> 
because <laughs> Barbie pissed me off. And I was like, fuck you too, Oppenheimer. <laughs> it was like another goddamn Brit taking an American role. <laughs> but um, I'm sick of it. I'm fucking sick of it. All right. Why is it when an American has a British accent, everyone doesn't give him an Oscar, but a Brit acts like an American for 10 fucking seconds? <laughs> Oppenheimer is really good. And, uh, yeah. Well, I guess you should say you, you refuse to go to movies, right? You haven't gone all year. I have officially boycotted the movie theater, <laughs> and it was nothing that movie theaters did. It was everything that movie theater goers did. <laughs> I love Six Flags. It's just the people that go there I don't love, so... Which is funny because we're the opposite. I've seen like 60 movies in the fucking theater and I've seen 85 this year. So I've seen everything. A lot of home though. I like Ronnie's home. the reason that when you look at a breakdown by theater <laughs> of how much something made, all I see is like $100,000, $300,000, $85. Ronnie goes, he's the $85 at that one movie theater. I support the, the shitty low budget art house films best I can. But I also like Oppenheimer too. Watch it. Do you watch Barbie? No. <laughs> no, that's, that's a hard no. I think you'd enjoy it. And actually. I love Ryan Gosling. <laughs> I think you'd actually would enjoy it because anyone can put whatever belief they want on this movie and it <laughs> sticks. It's like the movie for everyone. Unless you just hate. I just knew it was going to be pink. the rally the Republicans. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> it's, it's really not that bad. And then like the things like that like fall flat on its face. So for me, I just laugh at like, that's not funny. But I knew it probably wasn't that offensive when Joe Rogan's like, I love Barbie. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> His audience had to be like, wait, what? <laughs> it's not a bad, it's a good movie. God damn it. All right. I'll talk about a movie instead you should watch instead of Barbie. Though. Okay. The Creator. I'm surprised you didn't watch The Creator. I am too. I wanted to see it. I heard it looks pretty good, but I heard it's meh. The plot's meh, but it looks really cool. It's yeah. Cool and I should have supported it because mm-hmm. like, I like that mm-hmm. they're starting to take swings at things that aren't Star Wars. But everything starts to look like Star Wars now. No matter yes. how try to, far they try to get away from it. Mm-hmm. Anything modern looks Star Wars-y, unless it's like an AI modern kind of thing. There's two genres I'm really forgiving for, because you don't get a lot of them, is fantasy and sci-fi action. Like, It's hard to make a good sci-fi and good fantasy, because no one wants to spend the money to do it. So yeah. the creator's got an okay plot, but the visuals are fine. You should have watched Dick's The Musical, though. That's the I one I recommended. should have. I love Nathan Lane, mm-hmm. and I love musicals. And mostly mm. what Nathan, Lathan, Nathan Lane does <laughs> is musicals. Yeah. Um, yeah. How was it? That's pretty great. It's like the, it, it's an absurd movie that just keeps pushing absurdity. And, and the <laughs> ending, I'll bleep it out here, but in the ending, all they're saying, they're just screaming, God is a f-. God is a f-. <laughs> That's how they end it. They say it over and over and they're all singing it and all these people are singing it. It's it's like the funniest thing. It's it's so absurd and kind of in your face, and it's it's making like it's these two gay guys making fun of like all the all the culture of gay beings. It's it's yeah, the funniest it's, thing ever. Huh. It, but it goes into absolute absurdity. But uh, I recommend Dick's the Musical if you have a if you could tolerate it, like surprisingly fucking. Isn't did Sacha Baron Cohen direct it or something no. or something? Like? These two like it, it reminds me of like the wise people you know kind of guys like oh. but but they're two gay guys that I think wanted to be in musicals and then aren't talented enough so they made their own and it's the best thing ever like 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 this is actually a play but it's it's like an off Broadway kind of yeah. play but I think hopefully this gives them more attention because it's pretty fucking hilarious. All right. Okay, best movie of the year is Killers of the Flower Moon. Did you see that? Three hours. Three and a half hours. Why oh. did you watch it? It's like God. 
Three and a half hours of DiCaprio yelling. No, he doesn't yell that much. He's good. Oh. He's good. De Niro's really good. Like he's the best in it. And then um, mm-hmm. Lily Gladstone is like a, just a really sad person playing a sad Native American really well. But mm. Killers of the Fire Moon is probably the best movie of the year. You That's where that. they honeypot. Like yeah. a, a new tribe. Yeah. It's but Leo's cool. the honey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Old Leo. Not, not young, hot Leo either. But um, it's... Fat, model, coke bloated. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so tastefully done. It really cares for these people. And it's, and it's pretentious in the Martin Scorsese pretension. Like the ending is, is like kind of perfect. Like he just knows like... It's, I took my wife with me and I just thought she'd be miserable three and a half hours of sad watching Native Americans get screwed over and like we both like loved the movie and it just like because it's, it's so ingra- it's, it's so engrossing just brings you in and, and it ends perfectly uh, Anatomy of Fall is great it's a French movie about a woman who's accused of killing her husband and don't get arrested in France because their court system seems absolutely fucked it's like a monkey court yeah <laughs> trademark trademark waste, waste potential podcast <laughs> and then finally Shane had one movie he recommended to, I see but I refused to watch what was it Shane? Oh God! It was um, Champions, starting Woody Harrelson and uh, D from uh, Always Sunny. <laughs> What's the plot of the movie, Shane? Oh, Ronnie! <laughs> oh, Ronnie! <laughs> Woody Harrelson, who's a drunk <laughs> and um, wants to be an NBA coach, gets drunk, <laughs> bangs D from. Whatever, always saying Philadelphia, <laughs> and then crashes his car. The judge, who's like, I'm going to give you 25 years in prison or community service. And Woody Harrelson goes, Ah, oh, man, I, I don't know. And he goes, like, That's it. I'm sending you to prison. He goes, No, 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 no. What is it? He goes, You're a basketball coach. You're going to coach a league of Down syndrome people. And it's not a comedy, <laughs> but it's also not a drama <laughs> or a documentary. Is it supposed to be a comedy or is it just not funny or is it like sincere? It's like watching a movie be made by someone that has a gun pointed at their head <laughs> the entire time and someone who wants this movie to look a certain way is holding the gun. <laughs> And if you upset that person, they will kill you and your family <laughs> and everyone that's ever met your family. So is it like the And ring- it is under these conditions <laughs> that you wrote a comedy called Champions. Where you're like, people fart. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Everybody could fart. Not just certain people, but everyone could fart. And then... And they, they look angry, they go, but 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 you could you don't fart that often. Nope, you would never fart. Only I fart. And they went and they go, Yes, that pleases me. <laughs> <coughs> wow. So moving on. Champions. <laughs> I might call this just go to the movies we liked. <laughs> okay, shame. Let's talk about the movies that we loved this year. Want to start us off with the one that you made me watch last minute? Uh, yes. This is where Bradley Cooper really wants an Oscar this year. <laughs> and since he is not a minority, he has to make out with a minority. <laughs> and, and that makes it eligible to be shown at the Oscars. <laughs> um, 
with that said, we actually watched a really good movie called Maestro, which is about <laughs> Leonard Bernstein. <laughs> you just and, wanted to do the accent. That's, that's how his voice was. <laughs> if summer doesn't sing in you, then nothing sings in you. And if nothing sings in you, then you can't make music. Something she told me. I'm Lenny. Hello, Felicia. She's so beautiful. Oh, Tell me about oh, her. Oh, she's wonderful. She's a lovely girl. What age are we living in? One can be as free as one likes without guilt or confession. Please, I know exactly who you are. All said, Ronnie, what did you think? Well, tell what it is. It's a, it's a simply, mm. it's just simply, it's it's a, it's kind of the vignettes of Bernstein's life, and it focuses on the relationship with his wife and, yeah. and how it was complicated and it's not. Uh, it's a very atypical like marriage for like numerous reasons during the yeah. 1930s. I'm thinking it seems it takes place right 30s, 40s. Uh, I think it was all the way to like the 80s or something. I don't know when Leonard Bernstein died, but wasn't it? But but like when it starts, yeah. so it starts off. Oh yeah, it starts 40s, off in right? the 40s. Yeah, 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 I think just after the war. Yeah, and then it ends in, like the 90s, I think. Right. Yeah. Oh, whatever. Regardless, it's it's kind of like these. Like I think the only negative to say about this movie, it's it's a very um, fractured narrative where it, it doesn't go. Yeah. It's because it's. I was expecting it to be about his life, and it's not. It's it's just good. It's I, I like what they did, but mm-hmm. it's it's about the love story and how they're complicated. And I like that the dynamic of marriage and whatnot. But it's just I was just like, oh, this is not what I thought it was going to be. And it gets really sad. And I was like, oh god, I don't want to watch this anymore. I yeah, felt but, I felt really sad. But it still is sweet. It's oh yeah, a sweet, sweet sad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it was uh, well done. Bradley Cooper directed it, which I think it's kind of basic in its direction and by the numbers, but the acting and character and story is so good. That, like, no one gives a shit that it kind of follows the typical structure. But, like... You mean, like, the narrative itself? Or yeah. you mean, like, the cinematography, the actual... The cinematography, the not the narrative, per oh. se. Well, I think in the beginning, like, the, he really pulls out all the stops. Because, like, the, there's a lot of, like, one takes in the beginning. And then, like, in yeah. the second half, it's more focused just on the characters, the shots, and reverse shots, the wide stuff. But, yeah, it's... Yeah. At first, like, it caught my eyes. Like, oh, okay, cool. It's very showy yeah. and performative. Like, there's actually a scene where they... Where, like the the play intermingles into the narrative like they're like they're singing and dancing and it's playing that but then the second half of the movie gets much much sadder so it, it gets yeah. less fun because it gets into the darker parts of his life i also now that i'm seeing kind of play right there i noticed something that i didn't notice in the film that i really like now to his credit is the filters and color of the film oh from the black and white starts color. in black and the white and during that time kind of grainy moves to a very 70s look and like it gets gradually they're at more color starts to appear and it's also it ends kind of, in a very modern look yeah I, th- I think it's intentional like the the coloration go because like when things are going good for them it's black and white and, it, and mm-hmm. I, think, I think it immediately shifts after that first tele the first television interview then from there it immediately goes into color because that's when yeah. we we see like the cracks and the challenges in his life and my favorite thing about this movie because at first I was like I don't think I'm going to enjoy this and then I was like oh it's really sad but it's touching it's a good movie but my favorite scenes are like those really poignant moments that I wasn't sure how I'd feel about Bradley Cooper because they make him look younger in this and it kind of creeps me out uh-huh. but there's these, these few moments where it just zooms in on him and he talks about his life and like the challenges he, like is he, he's getting interviewed by like Ed Sullivan or someone like that mm-hmm. and the guy says to him like oh what's it like being a composer and a conductor oh, yeah. and he gives a really honest like introspective look that I, I guarantee 
Bradley Cooper and whoever wrote this with him, like they read that in the biography, said this this poignant moment has yeah. to be in there because it's very poignant. The idea of like there's an artist that's very introverted, and then there's yeah. the conductor that's extroverted, and he's his personality is in between those because he's constantly doing too much and he wants to retreat to his own life. So mm-hmm. those moments like that, and the moment where he, had, he talks to his daughter and lies to her about his lifestyle yeah. because there's rumors about basically. Because I guess the the reality is is like he's a closeted homosexual or bisexual, and his marriage yeah. isn't a sham. No, it's an agreement. Yeah, it, it's it's a mutually agreed upon. Like this is what we have to do. This is what we want to do. But we're both aware of. It's it's not like what I thought it was going to end up being like. Oh, it surprises her that he's gay. No, but she no, knew. but 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 then she says in that moment in the maze. I know what your life is. I get it. Like, oh, okay, cool. So it's going to yeah. be more touching. Not like, oh, how dare you slap kind of thing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like she understands what she's getting into, but she doesn't fully understand how it's going to affect her. Right. So. Well, he just kind of like breaks the agreement later on yeah. in life, and that pisses her off because she's like, no, 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 no. There's an agreement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he doesn't do his part of it because he lives this huge lifestyle, yeah. so his personality is big, and and he can't – Ring it in to be the artist that she kind of loves. She kinda, she loves the more the artist part of him. I think right. more than like the the hourly flamboyant like because like Sarah Silverman, which is who's weird. It's in this was throwing me off. It was yeah. strange seeing her, but, but but she's telling him like a really good line too is like if you get in his orbit, there's consequences. There's like you're yeah. part of this huge star, this huge planet. You get dragged along for the ride. So mm-hmm. I I liked it a lot. Um, yeah. Made my wife really sad. She's like I don't want to go. <laughs> I feel sad now because <laughs> it ends because the. It, it's it's a it's a touching love story letter to the wife who kind of puts up with a lot mm-hmm. of shit because well she she even says like I knew what I was getting into she kind of takes kind of the fault for it too but it's obviously not a conventional marriage yeah see maestro yep Okay, yay! My turn. So, Shane picked a wonderful, loving film. That's a, a, a ode to a man and a woman who are in love. Maybe not in like the same consensual ways that we understand, but in a you know in a different, lovely way. Now, sex pervert time with yay! Infinity Pool. Sex perverts. Okay, I'm gonna say this though. Not a single movie on my list this year has sexual assault. Not one. Not one. Oh man, Ronnie. What a shit movie year. <laughs> <laughs> but Infinity Pool is this one movie made by a sex pervert, and I loved every minute of it. Infinity <laughs> Pool came out earlier in the year. It was on my list, and I had to narrow down some movies, so I rewatched it two days ago just to see if I still love it, and I love it more. I don't understand why we're doing this. We barely know these people. It's one day. Let's mix things up a bit. You're just happy you found your fan club. I've been waiting six years for your second book. Is it coming out soon? I'm working on it. I actually came here looking for inspiration. Here, the punishment for any crime committed is death. It is a wonderful story of, uh, here, I'll let Shane watch the trailer while I'm explaining it to you. We're... um, one of the Skarsgårds there, the handsome, sexy Skarsgård oh, <laughs> that everyone loves. I have handsome Skarsgårds. He and his wife uh, go on a um, uh, a vacation to a mythical kind of place. I think it's Latoka. Yeah, Latoka. It's basically like um, kind of like Lithuania, not Lithuania, but something like one of like a 
kind of Eastern European, kind of, it looks like Greece. Mm. It's, I think they filmed it in Lithuania. What's, what's another one with L in Europe? L. Latvia? Latvia? Is Latvia kind of tropical? Or like nice and beachy? I thought Latvia was in Europe. Yeah, but is it more kind of like Greece? Kind of like that? No. It's, not, it's not like Italy? No, no, no. Cutting this out. So they, uh, <laughs> they go to, they go to uh, Latoka and basically uh, they get, uh, he kills someone by accident. The mm. Latoka government is like, Super conservative, so like uh-huh. you kill someone, they kill you. Oh. But th- there's a there's a uh, uh, a law in the Latoka government that they made called like the kind of like the, the tourist clause, where tourists can pay large sums of money to have replicas made of themselves, and then those replicas are put to death for them, and and they're stead. So basically, this place becomes like a a rich person's like Epstein's playground kind of thing. And they can do whatever they want to as long as they have the money to pay off the government to kill replicas of it. So so this, this guy, this, this couple get involved in it and he dives into this world. It's basically, think of like, um, think of, uh, what's the TV show? Oh, the White Lotus. Did you watch White Lotus? Mm-hmm. It's an a, a HBO show. Well, picture, it's, it's like this kind of this like uh, white people are bad type uh-huh. of thing. Like, like, oh, look what they do. But this is a more subtle version of that with eyes wide shut. Oh, <laughs> it gets super like sexual, then it gets nightmarish and becomes an absolute creepy LSD fueled nightmare. And I loved it. It's wonderful. Uh, it goes over the top, and then the ending is so. I think the ending is perfect. It captures the the feeling of the ending of a vacation, and then like, but done by mad people. <laughs> it's pretty great. <laughs> it's, a, it's a, I, my, one of my favorite movies of the year was was this one, Infinity oh. Pool. You know who Mia Goth is? Sounds familiar. She's like, I think she was dating Shia LaBeouf at one point. She's like weird looking, but she's in all these horror movies and she's always naked. She's very sexy. So, hmm. see for that. I like that. Yeah, but she's a psychopath. It's awesome. Enjoy the movie. <laughs> you could just sit there and watch it happen. You know, James, do you worry they got the wrong man? Shane, what do you got? I love John Wick 4. <laughs> oh, yay. Let's talk about this. Ah. What's, what's, the, what's the intricate plot of John Wick 4, Shane? I don't know. <laughs> I actually don't know. Who is this? The Marquis de Gramont. Challenge him to single combat. Win or lose, it's a way out. I don't sit at the table. Your family does. I know I remember John Wick nunchucking everyone with armor on, just nunchucking them to death. I remember ninjas with arrows. Oh, the blind guy with the... With the, the, blind, the It's Donnie Yen. Donnie it's Yen. Donnie Yen kicks ass. Donnie Yen is a blind guy that can't shoot at you until he hears where you're from. Or like... Daredevil. It's Yes, he's Daredevil. It's awesome. I want to see Daredevil with Donnie Yen now. And it, and it has a Skarsgård in it too. It's got Skarsgårds. He fights <laughs> in a tower. He fights in a sewer. He fights in a castle. He fights like, in a French mansion. He fights in a Japanese dojo. He fights at the Paris Tower. He's he, Russell Crowe. He's fighting around the world. He fights in Montenegro. <laughs> and he kicks ass. The choreography, once again, is just fucking next level. 
the amount of effort that goes into each scene is insanity, but the amount of effort that goes into writing a script is a afterthought. Like <laughs> it took 12 seconds to write this script, <laughs> and it's just because they put ninja nunchuck like hotel. Donnie Yen. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's John Wick 4. If you've seen it, you've seen it because you wanted to see it. If you didn't see it, you didn't see it because you don't want it. You can, we can't convince you one way or the other. But he fights in Afghanistan too. I forgot. <laughs> John, John Wick fights around the world for three hours. Yeah. It's explosions. You know what it is. Um, but I should have my wife come guest, do guest star right now. And do, my wife doesn't like action movies, so we took her to go see this. And then I said, how'd you feel about the movie? And she goes, that's all that movie was. was I'm like, yep, that's, that's yes. what this movie is. <laughs> Kicks ass. Goodbye, my friend. It's hard to gotta see John Wick chapter 4 I hope they make 19 chapters and Jason Statham's in the next one Connie, I think they paid Keanu Reeves not to try to act his line delivery is so, oh, bad. It's so but, bad but whatever whatever. <laughs> John Wick 4 is John Wick 4 it's yeah. shit it's, it's <clears throat> shit you and Danny can talk about John Wick 4 for <laughs> 3 hours alright Ronnie okay I have two movies really quick there's two horror movies I loved because I love horror movies first one talked to me everyone liked that movie so meh it's great go see it A24 but people talking about that movie the movie I want to talk about instead is another fucked up movie called When Evil Lurks Really quickly, it's an Argentinian film that's about demon possession, but oh. demons are like an illness instead. So it's so it's kind of it's spread like virally, kind of in a way. Like demons mm. jump from like person to person on contact. So it's an Argentinian film. It's a horror. It's really gruesome. Um, I'm trying not to explain too much of the plot because it's more fun to just be like not know anything because it delves out information so weirdly and slowly, but like it. It treats this as normal. Like it's, it's a society in which possession's real. People have accepted that. But to get rid of the demon, you have to have like a government-sponsored exorcist. But Argentina, the point is showing how badly like they, they treat the people who are rural in the area. They refuse to send out an exorcist. <laughs> so, so then this demon, what it's trying to do is like spread to someone and then and then um, and then hide and then somehow creepy, weird kind of Argentinian legend of like the kids come to it and then it bursts like the Antichrist something weird like that that doesn't really matter the cool thing about this movie is it's gruesome as fuck like there's terrible child child death <laughs> you don't even think it's gonna go there it's so terrifying um, it's just it's just got so much gruesome violence and I like how it delves out the information of like this is society we accept this and the rule is if you shoot 
the demon, it'll infect you and then just keeps spreading and spreading to more people, but it like rots out their body and they're like these disgusting oh. kind of like things. And then, and if you don't use it properly, it just spreads. So then like this guy cheaps out and refuses to pay the, for an exorcist. So they just throw this demon possessed guy in a river and they lose him. And he like sets off the apocalypse basically. <laughs> it gets to this point. It sounds like funny, but it's like taken super dark and serious. And then this guy's trying to get caught up in it, but it's really great. It's really dark and it's just got this creepiness I love to it. My wife hated it. It's fucking gruesome though. So, but I think it's a cool twist on demonic movies. And we spent this whole year talking about demon possessed movies like way yeah. too often. Yeah. But this one was like the rise above of the best ones besides the Pope's Exorcist. But, Pope's Exorcist. Cool. But, but, <laughs> but if you like Spanish and gruesome like horror, check out when evil lurks. All right. Los tiempos de la fe. What I saw is Kenneth Branagh's second take and his journey third. to make. Oh, it's his third. It's his third fucking what movie. Was, what was the first one? It is uh, the um, Murder on the Nile. Mur- no, the second one. Uh, the first one's uh, Murder on the Orient Express. Oh, I gotta see that. Oh, you haven't seen that one? No. That one sucks too. But continue. You hey. like this movie. You like this movie. Continue. Um. As he, Kenneth Branagh begins remaking Agatha Christie novels, um, casting himself as Hercule Poirot. Um, Hercule Poirot, I've found something. I've seen a million of these so-called psychics, each one a fake. I do not believe in psychics. Detective, you are here to discredit me, but I can talk to the dead. If someone wants to be heard, we are here. Listening. One of my favorite fucking characters. This is what I wish they would have done with uh, Daniel Craig. I guess that is what they were doing with Daniel Craig. Yeah. But he, Ryan Johnson sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Kenneth Branagh knows what the old people want. <laughs> they want a paint-by-the-numbers Agatha Christie murder mystery novel that you call from the beginning, <laughs> and then your wife goes, I hate when you fucking do that. You ruin everything. Go to bed and sleep on your own. And I go, okay. But um, <laughs> that's what this is, and I love it because it's very smartly made. The acting's pretty good. Kenneth Branagh hams it up, but just enough that it's not too hammy. Okay. And um, it's fun. Okay, it, so let's give a synopsis because I want to dive into this one. Because going back to last year's conversation about The Glass Onion, you hated that movie. I thought it was fine, but you hate it because it's too be, self-aware, right? Yeah, it's too pretentious and self-aware. This, no pretentiousness. <laughs> Besides normal Kenneth Branagh pretension. Yeah, normal, but, like... I enjoy my big fake mustache. I love my terrible accent. I, I'm okay with that because it's me. Okay. I picture myself or my grandma reading these detective novels, mm-hmm. and they want the flamboyant, over-the-top I detective. I they either them. want the Jack Reacher, mm-hmm. where he's over-the-top, huge, and just... Yeah, who's Krampus. Mm-hmm. Um, Grampus. <laughs> Grampus. Just monster. Or they want the sophisticated Sherlockian type, and he is basically French Sherlock. Yeah. Or Belgian? I don't know what he is. Yeah, he's Belgian. Oh, yeah. Um, It's funny because I like Kenneth Branagh's Hercule Poirot, but um, what was the one? It was a show. um, 
Oh, it's John Malkovich, right? Yeah, the, John, about the, yeah. The, the, the ABC murders. Yeah, I didn't like John Malkovich. He's, really, he's not a good Hercule Poirot. He's terrible. Yeah. Let's explain this really quickly. So this is the third installment of the Kenneth Branagh's yeah. ego of being the smartest man alive in all of history who can't be outfoxed by anyone, any yeah. woman. No woman can outfox <laughs> this smart man. But uh, it's I don't like these movies. I like the novels. I like this, but... They're fine. They're serviceable, but I, but I do enjoy me a schlocky kind of mystery, and these are a shitty mystery. Murder of the Nile sucked, though. Did you like that one? I liked it. Everyone doesn't like that one. The first one's okay. It's got Johnny Depp, though, plays... <laughs> plays a... He, he was like a boxing... A boxing... A Boston... No, like a... Uh, a Bronx kind of like Manhattan oh, accent. It's, no. <laughs> it's really bad. He talks like this, and it's yeah. like, oh, no, not, not you, Johnny, but... Um, uh, but it's terrible. Watch those ones. You'll like Ashton those. Yeah. But this one's my favorite because it's got like a horror twist to it. Yeah, kind of like, do you believe in the supernatural? Yes. And that interested me because like, I know what's going to happen in this. This yep. And it's fine. We know it's not real. It's a Scooby-Doo mystery, basically. But but it's fun is like they actually talk about that Hercule actually battles with, like he has loss in his life. Mm-hmm. And he talks about, oh, is there life after death or isn't? The, the world is cruel. Yeah. And there's a little... This is a grandma movie, and Machine and I like like us some grandma mystery movies yep. sometimes. I love a grandma mystery. Yeah, it's this is my favorite in the trilogy, actually. Yeah, it was the most smartly. It had the most interesting premise. Yeah, and and it had less people you know, like like the other yeah. movies were really really oh, well look, known it's for. You. Like the first one had like ten stars. It was it had yeah. Josh Gad. It had um. Oh, a bunch of fucking famous people. Yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer. And it, it, that felt like everyone's showing off their acting reels. Murder of the Nile was weird because that's right right when Army Hammer got got the yes. got accused. Yep. So, the, so you're like, so you're watching you it, eat and, then, people. And, and they intentionally cut him out of the trailer. And I remember when that trailer came out, I was like, they're going to cut him out of this movie, but Kenneth Branagh is not going to re- rewrite yeah. this movie because they don't have the money for it. Yeah. So they just kept it going, and said, then everyone didn't really like it. He's and a then this big one, part of it, too. Yeah, he's, a, he's, a, he's the part. He's the whole thing. They can't <laughs> yeah. cut him out of that. And then and then Haunting in Venice was... Uh, Tina Fey. Yeah, and she was bad. I think Tina Fey was the worst part. She, she was awful. She was, I did not but, like but her. I think she was trying to be too hammy and... But yeah. she's so likable. You, you don't you don't get mad at her. She was playing her part from like Third Rock almost. Like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but you can't hate Tina Fey because Tina Fey. And then who was the uh, the the one that came in the psychic? Oh, uh, she was famous too. Michelle I Yao. Yeah. Michelle yeah. Yao. She because well, she's won the Oscar for uh, yeah. Any everything it's, everywhere. It's almost like he's doing like a weird like artsy Expendables. Yeah. Where like people come in, they get to do their favorite transatlantic accent for mm-hmm. an hour, and then everyone makes a million dollars and goes home. And they all, and they all travel to Venice, or they, yeah. they they travel somewhere on a vacation. It's it's almost like a if Adam like like Kenneth Branagh was doing the Adam Sandler or like the, the kind of Michael Bay thing, where it's like kind of a more talented Sandler. Yeah, more talented Sandler. I have a problem with Kenneth Branagh. I think he's a pretentious asshole, oh, but, yeah. but but he is a great actor and he is a good director when he tries. And but these movies are. Trash, and I enjoy them. I'm done talking about this. Movie. Yep. All right, next. No one shall leave until I find if the living have been killed by the dead. You have been hiding here all this time. Who are you talking to? Okay. Next is a movie that Shane needs to see. I just saw it in theaters. It's worth every moment of your entire life. It is Poor Things. This is Bella. Bella, this is Mr. McCandles. Hello, Bella. No. She's an experiment. Good evening. Her brain and her body are not quite synchronized. 
but she is progressing at an accelerated pace. Okay, uh, Poor Things is, I think, my favorite movie of the year. It's going to be this one or Killers of the Flower Moon, I think, are like the best movies of the year. But this one is amazing. It's, um, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fucking messed up version of Frankenstein. Yorgos Lanthimos, who did uh, The Favorite, The Lobster, uh, The Killing of Sacred Deer movies. I love this. It's just really creepy, weird, like sex pervert movies. And uh, he made this one. It's Frankenstein, but it's Emma Stone, and she's phenomenal, and she plays like... She's this Frankenstein's creature, but basically, I don't want to spoil what it is, but she's got the, the, the will of a child put in a w- woman's body, and she's learning the world like that. Oh, so it's no. basically Barbie for sex perverts. Oh, no. And there's no rape. There oh. is no rape. I, t- oh. I told you, nothing on my list has rape. Wow. It's all consensual. But but, <laughs> but like it's made by a sex pervert, so she's like... Like oh I want to fuck everything I want to fuck everything and then she then she kind of learns like there's like there's a limit to like how far you can take things whatever it's it sounds like terrible but it's the most absurd movie ever made William Dafoe plays like a cut up Frankenstein who 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 only believes in science but he secretly has a has a heart of gold and he tries to push away because he because because he he doesn't admit that he loves Emma Stone and his father experiments on him as a kid and tortures him like it's it's the most absurd thing ever Mark Ruffalo plays this like the the, the best lover in the entire world. He, he He's like the villain, and he's amazing. Mark Ruffalo should always be villains from now on. And he's, he's, he's like a terrible British accent. Dude, that's he, been his thing lately. Yeah. <laughs> he's just doing shitty British accents. Yeah, but it's it works in this because he plays an absurd, like, um, rich man who's who's like, he, he thinks he's like the world's greatest lover, kind of like a, like a like a bravado, like, rich guy. But And then she just destroys his entire life. <laughs> and then Emma Stone's phenomenal. And then... Um, and then she becomes a. Um, <laughs> this part would make you cringe, but it's funny because she becomes a socialist, and then and she learns to uh, to love. It's phenomenal. It sounds cheesy and weird, but it's actually great. It's so absurd and over the top. It's like the best thing. It's like an absolute satire of of Frankenstein, like a feminist perspective. So it takes Barbie, but makes it for a sex pervert because you see Emma Stone <laughs> do all the sex things. So there you go. That's, that's your buy-in. I'm into that. All the sex things, but yeah, Poor Things is the best movie of the year. I can't describe it properly. It's is she naked? Very much so. Oh. Very graphically. Oh. Yeah, there you go. But no, it's phenomenal. It's actually great. It's, it was, my favorite thing was watching old people walk into this movie because I hear a bunch of old people like oh. walking around movie theaters saying, oh, everyone says it's the best movie of the year. I'm like, they still go on, they still watch like Jimmy Fallon and, and they'll talk to the person and say, oh yeah, go see this movie. It's really great. I'm like, did you not tell grandma that there is like hardcore like Bush in this? Like, there's tons of hardcore dick and Bush in this. And, and, and they don't tell her. And I think grandma's going to be terrified, but. I'm so excited. But, hardcore uh, dick and Bush. Hardcore dick and Bush. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a Yorgos Lathamos movie. If you know what that is, then you know what this is. It's phenomenal though. Go check it out. I'm it's, aroused. Yeah. And there's no rape. And I'm saying that. And I mean that honestly. All right. My wife said, I feel uncomfortable. I'm like, good. <laughs> You're in a Yorgos lot the most movies. You want to do what they're doing on the screen? <laughs> oh. Okay. Um, this is the, the last of the movies that we both... No, I guess not. I didn't love this movie, but Shane loved this movie. Shane, talk about this movie you loved. The Killer is what, uh, which was made by a Fincher. Yep. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, you think I would have hated this movie? Because I definitely went in thinking it was going to be like, you know, an action film, like a dark action film, mm-hmm. and um, that is not what this movie is. <laughs> there is a good action scene. 
It's one of the best action like choreographed yeah. scenes of scene of the year. And, 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 and we've seen John Wick and all that other shit too. Yeah, it was really well done. And um, but it's uh, what I feel it is. It's if Hitman the movie should have been anything, that's what it should have been because that's like what the game is. Boring. Boring. Where like ninety percent of the game is planning. And then 10% of the game is actually doing the fucking murder and then escaping. Like, Sounds this like a game no one would like. <laughs> I had problems. I had problems. But, um, yeah, you're a serial killer. Um, this is a good movie. It was really good. It was really... I, I think the tempo was a little slow. I think it could have got speed up, sped up a tad. You're so bad when you're high, like, explaining movies. I find music a useful distraction. A focus tool. Keeps the inner voice from wandering. This is what it takes. My process is purely logistical. If I'm effective, it's because of one simple fact. I don't give. Okay, uh, the killer is Michael. Michael Fassbender is a is an assassin, but he's not a very good assassin. But he's <laughs> but he like he even says at the beginning, "I'm not the best out there. I'm just the most prepared." But he's like never prepared for anything, so it's kind yeah. of like a, a fun. It's funny we all, he, he's like I've killed ten thousand times, and today is the day we see him fuck up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of like a dark comedy because it's because it's he's like a not like like. Like a Clouseau, but kind of like a like a real life Clouseau. Because actually was like a murderer, kind of like bumbling. Like he's not bumbling, but he makes yeah. so many fucking mistakes the entire time. Like the when he shoots the guy with like the nail gun, like the like oh, the, the meat. He, nothing goes his way, but um, it's done with David Fincher clinical precision. So it's like one of the best movies made yeah. of the year. I just got bored. I the boring parts weren't boring for me. The first twenty minutes is just him planning out the first shot. And I was like, this is really engaging. And then after yep. the fuck up, I don't know why I got bored. And then when he goes to Florida, that's when I perked up because I, I saw some Meth Gators him, action. Him hunting like down who killed his wife, the beginning where he's just getting the trail, isn't that good? The taxi driver or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, it, I do like when he, like, he gets done and you think his plan is just let him go. Yep. He just fucking shoots him and walks away. And I was like, oh, he don't give a fuck. He's yep. going to kill everybody. And um, he does, but um, it's very methodical and moving on. But you're right; there are some mistakes that are made that you didn't think he would make. But you know, well, he's not perfect. And I think it's the part that kept me interesting because he's not interesting as much as a character. And I think yeah. this is my fault. I just I <clears throat> hate I hate movies that use excessive narration. Like this movie, it mm-hmm. makes sense why it's it's written like a novel. It has to be narrated the entire time it has to be like this this wouldn't work you couldn't i think it'd be kind of cool to have more silent moments but it's mostly just fincher yeah. talking not fincher uh fastbender talking so i just get kind of tired of that after a while so like the first 30 minutes i loved and then the last half from meth gators on to yeah. to swinton i liked the second half the middle kind of logged for me but the filmmaking is like top notch she's just how he is he gets in there and just like the editing and then like the music choices it's yeah. what's the band that keeps playing the entire time the it's Smiths. Myths. yeah so it's, it's all intentional it's kind of cool little touches he puts in there and i love the music the trent reznor stuff it's it's, it's a typical fincher movie that i didn't think it was his best but i liked it a lot 
I liked it a little bit. See the killer. Okay, Shane, let's briefly get into movies we hated because I like to keep it mostly positive in our end of the year review. Sometimes we like to shit on the movie, which we'll get to, but for the most part, I like to stay positive. But let's get into some shit. Let's see. The, my worst pick of the year, absolute movie I hated more than anything, was Cocaine Bear. You're doing the jackass? Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't mind if it was jackass. I really mind, minded that it was Cocaine Bear. Mm-hmm. You know what Cocaine Bear is? Uh, I don't know what I was thinking I was going to see. Like, I, I thought it would be, like, kind of tongue-in-cheek, kind of just, just bear attacks. and Stepbrothers with bears. Yeah, because I, I, it was Elizabeth Banks with that comedy. I, I thought comedy. But it was a woman. Oh, of course. So then, <laughs> so then, so then all the humor was just taken out of this movie. Sapped right out of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know what happened with this movie. Like, it, it had, a, had an idea. They started filming, and then they said, "Oh shit, we have to make this better than that than than nothing." So they wrote, "I don't know. I don't think it's as bad as, as like as like AI writing a script, but it's really bad that these characters very AI esque. The characters are terrible. The plot is like not just cocaine bear stupid, like just like boring and stupid. There's drug runners going after it. One's got daddy issues. He comes after it. There's a single mom One's with Ice her. Cube's son. Yeah, the other one is uh, Han Solo. Then um, uh, then." Mom, you got kids, and then Ray Liotta's died. You, you get coke bloat, we yeah. died. Um, there's a bunch of tourists and park rangers. It's awful. It can, my problem is with this: if it's a comedy, it's not funny. Yeah. Then what is it? Is it a crime? But like when all of like I know our jokes is people around me are laughing, and my wife and I are like looking at each other, said, like, "Can we leave this? Should we just leave this movie theater now and get our money back?" And we just kept saying, "Maybe we'll get better. Maybe we'll get better." No. And it doesn't. And it's just. I think there's no, for me, no worse movie than a bad comedy. Yeah. And there's no comedy, and the crime is stupid, and it's written by a 10-year-old robot. Yeah. I laughed at the um, the detective, his relationship with the little dog. I That la- made me... He has, like, all these toys, but they're, like, for a big dog, and then it flashes over. It's this little chihuahua and like, a pink vest, and you're like... Oh, he wanted a son. <laughs> like it's, it's it's funny. I was also very high, very high, and I still didn't think this movie was funny. You think like I, <laughs> the bear isn't like schlocky enough? No, it's we played like a legitimate bears on the fucking set. It does, but but also it does like weird like cocaine acrobatics. It it, it does lines of coke. It, it it's not funny. It's it's, it's no. funny if you're like maybe. Maybe if we saw this when we were 13, 14. Not a, it, it doesn't really teenagers. attempt to be funny. Really? Because like, there's a bunch of like, those, all the characters are trying to be funny. Like, like the um, Margot uh, Martindale, the, uh, like the, the rangers. She wants to fuck the other ranger. Yeah. And, yeah. And, but then, and, and she's always putting on like, the lipstick and making the funny sex jokes at him. And, then, and she's jealous but, of the, wi- the wife. It's, it's like, supposed to be it's funny. it's not funny. No, but it's supposed to be, and it's oh. not. And then like, then like the back and forth banter between... Ice, a little ice cube and um, yeah. and not Han Solo, like it's just them talking like about jokes and then he just kind of cra- it's it's awful. It's like the worst. It's yeah. not funny. I don't. And then 
they make it the worst part is it's like some ode to Ray Liotta's career. I'm like, the guy that was in Goodfellas is going to go out with Cocaine Bear? He did. That made me so sad. Yeah, it's, it's, it's awful. I hated that movie. And it's the only movie this year my wife and I looked at each other and said, should we just leave and get our money back? And we saw a lot of shit this year, which we're talking about right now. But we saw a lot of shit. But Cocaine Bear, I hated it. And if you have not seen it, please don't because it doesn't need – we don't need heroin hippo next. We, we, we don't need um, – I don't think we LS- need any more Elizabeth Banks movies. No, I, I don't think we need LSD like iguana. Like we we, we don't need more. Oh, drug that's animals. already that already exists, isn't it? Adam Sandler and iguana <laughs> in like a Netflix film. It's called no, Leo. he's a tortoise or something. Yeah, <laughs> it looks adorable. But, but Bill but Burr, also Bill Burr's a turtle. I saw it. Oh, really? Bill is Burr it good? Is angry turtle? It's cute. It's 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 made for for children. The music's terrible. It's the worst music ever written. It's like Adam Sandler's played like did one take song. Oh, Lunch Lady Land. Yeah, but it's worse than Lunch Lady Land. It, the music's really bad, but it's cute. <laughs> Watch it on Netflix. We're sponsored by Netflix. That'd be cool. Except I had to pay for Netflix this year. We'll get to that. Sons of bitches. We'll get to that. We're gonna talk about one TV show because I don't want to hear Shane complain about Netflix. But it's gonna be about something else entirely. Shane, you picked this movie for our list to be. On the the shit of the year, what's your number? What's your number one shit of the year? The Meg Two, and it's because I really loved the Meg. <laughs> and then this came out, and my wife and I were legitimately excited. It was like a holiday had come. Because <laughs> my wife does not like shitty movies, does not like action movies. But we watched the Meg, and for some reason, this is the movie that she was like. I enjoyed that. And I was like, who the fuck are you? I made this and I was looking at you the entire time waiting for you to crack. <laughs> I put this movie on to break and you so, as, a, as your soul. I, so I loved my life, my wife more that day because she's like, we're like, we enjoyed the Meg. And I said, babe, look, there's a trailer for the Meg too. And she's like, mark it. And I was like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> so then we sit down to watch the Meg too. And now I'm mad <laughs> because you fucked it up. You just had to have two Megs, a bigger Meg. But instead we get China, Big Oil, Second Meg, Third Meg, Mega Meg. And Cthulhu we get monsters Cthulhu, the- Piranhas, Velociraptors. Um, the black guy learns Kung Fu. He does learn Kung Fu. Good for him. Um, Jason Statham. Use a samurai sword to attack a, a megalodon. Which I'm okay with, but not after we went all that we went through to get here. There's Oh, there's Pacific Rim robots. Yeah, because the, 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 the Cthulhu, Cthulhu, I don't fucking care. It's fucking dog shit because it's too much. Every, uh, I feel like every five minutes this, the scene changes because like they're going to get bored and figure out what's going on here. Change it because like they do like an underwater like... Pacific Rim walk. Yeah. There's these monsters down there. There's this 14 different Meg sharks that get that either get killed really easily or really impossibly, depending on who's yeah. who's doing it. If you're a main character and you're on a shark, you'll be fine. But if you're yeah. not a main character, you're definitely gonna die. Um, but then, like, it becomes Jurassic Park, and then it's pretty bad. But yeah, like, it becomes Lost World in a weird way. Yeah, but I don't know. Like the the Meg one sucks. I don't know why you think it's that good. It's it like, sucks, but it's. I feel like the Meg One knew exactly what it was, which was a f- Chinese-funded action film <laughs> with Jason Statham, and that's exactly what they fucking made, and it was, I don't want to say good, it, <laughs> it was entertaining, and that's what it needs to be, 
and the Meg 2 wasn't even entertaining. It was just like... <laughs> oh, that's a big shock. <laughs> China number one. Don't forget it. Vacation in China today. <laughs> How much am I going to keep that? And then that Can we that cut the accent? <laughs> I don't know. It was really dumb, and then it got really dumb, and then we got dumber. It's like... I, I, I texted our dear friend Corey I begged him and we said hey you guys should do the Meg 2 because it's the biggest dumbest movie that's ever been, been made so there you go that ever movie it's <laughs> so bad I don't know what I expected though because they gotta jump the shark what else are they gonna do with it yeah alright what mm. movies did we see that we need we think need to be mentioned oh. that were like we call it okay oh, okay they're pretty good some people think they're great but they're they're just okay movie okay I'm talking about two movies that are made by theater kids the first one let me describe it to you and you tell me how this sounds. Okay. It is about two teenage lesbians start a <laughs> fight club to touch other girls and hopefully find girlfriends <laughs> to pretend they're super strong <laughs> and cool. And Marshawn Lynch is their teacher and coach. Did I describe for you the best movie ever made? Marshawn Lynch is there. Marshawn coach? Lynch, the um... on how to beat up lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> He's their beat up lesbian coach. Beast Mode himself is, <laughs> plays like a stupid history teacher, but he, he and he's dumb enough to get coerced into being their um, their like uh, what do you call it? advisor for like their, 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 their club. Okay, it's like the most ridiculous, over the top movie, and my wife. Because we I didn't watch the trailer. She mm. read the premise. And I said, "Let's go." See, I don't know what the fuck that is. Let's go see what that is immediately. <laughs> we're, the, we're only us in there, and a bunch of like theater kids are in this movie. Because apparently, oh. it's a, people, they knew what it was. But I was like, "Okay, this is gonna be weird, right?" And it, I hated it for about thirty minutes, and then I okay, I, it's not funny. Okay, it's an unfunny comedy. The, the comedy is like ten million miles a minute. No, like never stop talking. It's like it's oh, like it's constantly Baz moving. Lerman. Yes, but. But then there's certain scenes that were hilarious. Like, but it's also it's so over the top. Like, and knows it's ridiculous because there's a scene where they walk into a principal because they get into a fight, and he says, "Excuse me, could the ugly, untalented gays please report to the principal's office?" Guess that's you guys. Hello, Principal Myers. First of all, I want to say God bless. Shut up. You know why you're here. I don't actually. For committing a crime against Jeff. Our quarterback and the most good-looking, all-American, red-blooded, muscular man this town has ever seen. Sir, please look in the Shush. mirror. Okay. The homecoming game with Huntington is nearly a month away. Do you know how long we've been working toward this? Yes. yes. It's everywhere. 20 years. Couldn't be clearer. I think I can explain. I can explain. Jeff is psychotic and he tried to murder us. Ha. Sure. You're all victims and girls are always right, right? Yeah, actually. How come... You can't buck up and learn to protect yourselves without running somebody over. Maybe it's because we're small and he's giant, so we needed to use a little machinery. Did you ever think of that, sir? Can we just explain Maybe I ourselves? should buy a gun. Okay, what? Don't buy a gun. Nobody said buy a gun. Can we just calm down, Zip everybody? It. You know what? What? I'm gonna expel you both. No! Yes. No! Yes. No! You have to understand that this was a misunderstanding. Really? We were just practicing for for our self-defense club. Self-defense? What is that? Uh, That's a, like a fight club? Well, here's yes! the thing. Yes! Uh, yes! Uh, yes! A fight club. 
Where we fucking beat each other up and shit. No, we don't. Yes. No, we don't. Shut up. Okay, you know what? I don't care. Fuck it. I don't care. You're over it. Okay. Yeah, you can beat the shit out of each other while you perform the vagina monologues. Just stay in your lane until you're munching Beavert Wesleyan. Yes, sir. It's that over-the-top kind of humor. Like, it knows it's it's breaking, like, all the walls. It's theater kid kind of humor. But it's not really, like, there's certain scenes that are funny. And Marshawn Lynch is there to, like, at first he's funny, but then they let him improv it. And then it's really, really not funny. But all the visuals of these girls, these teenage girls punching each other viciously and violently, like Fight Club, like the movie, are hilarious. So it's, like, the jokes aren't funny, but the visuals and just this, the humor, what it's trying to do is funny. But it's not that funny. So Megan and I walked out, we were like, that was, like, okay, but it wasn't really funny. But it was a cool idea. Hmm. So, I don't know. Bottoms is interesting. This is giving me um, I think you should leave vibes. Uh, no, that, that's funny though. Like, I laugh out loud for that. But, like, because yeah. sometimes, like, my wife and I have different senses of humor. So, I thought this would be her. She likes over the top, kind of like fast talky kind of like, like writing. And she's like, oh, I didn't think that was funny. I was like, oh, okay. So, it's not just me. This, like, it's just not, like, it's not even funny over the top kind of mm. like talky stuff. But yeah, I don't know. It was made by theater kids, made by theater kid humor. And sometimes I loved it. It's kind of like the Dix musical. Sometimes I loved it because like this is theater, like <laughs> like like shocky shit, whatever. But um, when you should see though, I thought you did see. I was mad that, that you saw Theater Camp. I saw it and I was gonna go, oh, I'm gonna watch that, and then it didn't happen. You should have. You would have actually enjoyed Theater Camp. It's. I think the only problem with it is it falls under um, under like indie comedy too much for you. It's like you know exactly what's going to happen in it, but the right. characters are really funny and and it's. And, like, if you like theater, I don't know. Did you do theater kind of growing up? I wish I did. Oh, you did? Okay. I didn't. So, I did so like, not. I spent time, like, I'm a weird kid, but I, I, I did a musical. I've done some theater stuff. So, like, I spend enough time around theater kids and know, like, they're weird. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. I don't want to be a part of them, but they're nice enough people and they're fun to be around. So, I get that kind of humor mm-hmm. in a way. I'm just saying, I'm just, I'm just a closeted theater kid. Oh. But, but really, like, this humor is all that. It's basically a summer camp, they're going out of business. Then Jimmy Tatro, this guy, this this guy who's like my nemesis. I think he's like mm-hmm. really funny, but really beyond annoying guy. <laughs> he, he played like the, the young Brit Kreischer in the the Machine movie. He plays, his, uh, he plays him. Oh yeah, he's like the the dumb sounding jock guy, and uh, and he's he inherits and has to save it from going out of business. And it's all <laughs> theater kids pretending like this is the most important thing in the world. It's just a shitty theater camp, and they're all fighting for roles, and they and they're all like super inclusive, and they're all over the top and just like gay. <laughs> it's like it's wonderful fun. But it's super indie films. You have to be in the mood for it. But it made me mm. laugh uncontrollably. Like I just loved how how stupid it all is, and they're all over the top and so dramatic. So, <laughs> so two movies I saw I put together because they were made by theater kids. Mm. Let's go to the absolute opposite of theater Yay. kids, and let's do the Covenant. What's the Covenant, Shane? The Covenant is Guy Ritchie's attempt at Chris Kyle, and um, <laughs> <clears throat> no, it's actually it's a relatively low budget action film feels it so guy Ritchie must have been really on a tight budget because it looks kind of cheap but only for a little bit because then he finally gets out into like the wilderness and you could save a lot of money and yeah do certain shots on the cheap but it's about um jake gyllenhaal is a green beret in afghanistan when a mission goes bad which anyone that's been in the military for 12 seconds could see as it started you're like um that's not how they did that. That's not how this works. But it sets it up. He becomes a prisoner for the Taliban, and his, his interpreter saves his life. 
Then Jake Gyllenhaal. This sounds really boring and action The board. interpreter gets caught by the Taliban during. Uh, I almost called him Bin Biden. <laughs> <laughs> Slip. When, uh, bin Biden. No, uh, Biden took us out of Afghanistan in a way that, um, let's just say, wasn't the greatest for people that helped us out in the region. And uh, Jake Gyllenhaal takes his life savings, ruins his marriage, and goes to save his interpreter. <laughs> Um, he does. It's a, oh, I saw a trailer for this. I remember this now. It's weird. It's like Guy Ritchie only had a budget of like a million dollars because like it just looks really cheap. But uh, Hall does a really good job. Guy Ritchie also has good action photography. Like he's really good at that. And they do a good enough job that it feels really cool. But in the beginning, it feels like they just um, played airsoft in like the Hollywood Hills. <laughs> but the story's sweet. The acting's good. It's a it's a good movie. It's better than it should have been. It's funny with the Guy Ritchie movies now. They they go like one of two ways, either like really commercial success, or I'm doing my my weird Cockney British crime thing that's yeah. like that, that, that rides a line of dark comedy to over the top action like trash with like British underworld characters. So he mm-hmm. he goes one of the two ways. Now it's interesting because he did like the, the the Aladdin movie for Disney. Yeah. He did like we, we were looking for a movie today, and he did one this this year yeah. called Operation Garrett Wardegare or something like that, or Garrett Place Operation Vanderbilt. I don't know. Uh, he did some kind of British kind of action yeah. movie that he did. I didn't even know he did those movies, and we, we we're pretty on top of our Guy Ritchie filmography yeah, we, here. We stay up on Guy Ritchie's work. I don't like action films, but I like his action films because they're stupid. <laughs> but um, but uh, I, I don't know. It's weird. He had two movies out this year that I didn't know about. This well, is I, like... I, I, at least I forgot about. Lone Survivor meets. Remember that movie Angelina Jolie did about the World War II prisoner? Oh, like. Um, and he does the crucifix thing. Winner. Uh, Winner. It's like that meets that meets Guy Ritchie. And, and that's what you get. So it's like kind of simple, but I enjoyed it. I'm not watching that. Yeah, you wouldn't like it. That sounds stupid. Sounds like sounds like grandpa dad boners from no. military. Here's one I think we're both gonna be like, it was pretty good. Oh know. yeah, I was surprised. So it's good a movie we both saw, and that I don't know why it's on the okay. I like, maybe I like them more than you do. I don't know why, but it, but movie was they cloned Tyrone. Where the money at? I'm an entrepreneur. I work in the spirit of the pimp game. You know your girl gotta know what's going on in these streets. Yeah. It seems like a movie you'd be interested in. So, like, you told me to watch it. So, like, what what made you want to watch this movie? Well, I'd just been on a Jamie Foxx kick. Mm-hmm. Like, I just keep seeing all his new stuff. And now I gotta watch where he's, like, a vampire hunter with Snoop Dogg. <laughs> um, but... So, the trailer came up, and I went, well, that looks like the strangest thing I've ever heard in my life, mm-hmm. where Jonathan Majors gets cloned. No, it's John Boyega. John Boyega gets cloned? <laughs> <laughs> Racist. Uh, Fan from Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> Not the guy who beat up his girlfriend. That was Boyega? That was Boyega. He did a good job, he right? He jacked up. He he, got... Yeah, <clears throat> I didn't recognize... Well, I, I knew because his name was on the trailer, but I didn't recognize him. He was good. No. Wow, I'm impressed. Okay, even better. John yeah. Boyega 
Good job. Nice job saving racism there. That's good. Hey, you didn't hit anybody. <laughs> but Jamie Foxx is amazing. Yeah. It's so over the top, but in a funny way. Where these characters are ridiculous mm-hmm. characters, but they solve like some Scooby-Doo crime. <laughs> Literally, I think they say Scooby-Doo. Like, Do you know what it is? It's the, uh, I, I was thinking about it, because like, I just, because Shane saw it, then said, you should watch this, you actually like it. And I wanted yeah. to see it, it was on Netflix, but the reason why no one saw it was because it happened during like the writer's strike, mm. so no one could promote it. And Netflix kind of released it. I think I was, re- I was reading about this because I was like, how come I never heard of this movie? It was released in October, like during Halloween, and no one's watching right. this movie during that. It's like horror movie, so it got like kind of buried. But you told me about it, so I watched it, and I, I liked it. But basically, it's the undercover brother mm-hmm. plot, but taken a little more seriously, yeah. like made by a really good director. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they claim Tyrone is uh, three... Three characters, a drug dealer, a prostitute, and, a, and her and pimp, pimp yeah. get involved in this. Uh, is it a government or is it just evil corporate white people? I think it's like a global undergovernment. You know, I don't think it's the U.S. government. I think well, it's like a shady organization. It seems like people who, like, yeah, because they say it's an experiment. So maybe like they're going to try to sell it to the U.S. government kind of thing. It or sounds like they're almost like a pharmaceutical. Yeah, well, like they, they operate kind of like a... Yeah. a like a tech or like a pharmaceutical yeah. kind of thing like that. Because like the end, we won't spoil the ending ending, yeah. but we'll spoil what it is. It's basically, white people. It's white people. <laughs> white people are basically putting things in the food and the programming and all there's the small like and, inner city kind of looking place to, to control them, to, to keep them, um, the, the guys is for their own safety. Yeah. Because, yeah. The idea is, is not the whole black community are clones. Only key people, like the preacher and the drug dealer and the and people the, that keep the society operating that operate in certain roles in society in a way that the government wants to control them so it's, yeah. so it's not just like generic oh white people they are bad but like like it's, yeah. it's not just generic oh we're making clones right. of all black people it's it's like to be slaves or something yeah it's more no like, it's, it's more like hamsters kind of like 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 or like a terrarium kind of idea of keeping them in a certain yeah. mindset so like black people can't or safer they say but they're also not intermingling outside of their own community and the message, so it's, it's like it's it's like reverse racism, like thinking like, oh, this is going to be good for them, but it's obviously yeah. nefarious and terrible. <laughs> well, and like it was kind of like how I took the messages. They're like, we need to stop accepting these people in our community because they're plants by evil white people. You know what I yeah. mean? Like the, the, the man wants these people here, mm-hmm. so they keep coming in and cracking down on us yeah. and doing stuff. And like we need to kick those people out away from us too. And it was like, that's an interesting message. I haven't yeah. – like I, I liked it. It was a smart made movie made in like a dumb way, mm-hmm. um, like a a smarter super bad in a way, kind of for me. Like the humor, okay, yeah, that so, kind of humor so, so where it's yeah. kind of toilet humor, or like not not super highbrow. It's like juvenile kind of. It, it's silly. So so here's the thing: it's like all the violence is very serious and gritty. Yes. Like made like a like an auteur director like took their yep. time because like when the people are being like murdered because the premise is. This guy, his name's not Tyrone. His name is so basically Fontaine gets murdered, <sighs> is murdered in like a, a gang hit, and then uh, he wakes up again the next day, and then everyone's and his the people who are involved because he, he he gets out of a a silly confrontation with Jamie Fox because right. Jamie Fox owes the money, so it goes from very silly, yeah. jokey. Jamie Fox is like a cartoon character, almost like Flagler yeah. Langhorn, like I say, yeah. I say. <laughs> he's, he's like over the top, kind of playing like a like, like a. It's 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 a black exploitation movie made yeah. by a black person, so yeah. it's, it's it's kind of taking those kind of cheesy B movie kind of ideas, but giving it 
a real look to it because the violence is extremely serious to take it seriously because it's like a real problem in the world. Right. Gang, gang violence is serious. But then I thought, I was like, oh no, is it going to match? And it does. I think Jamie Foxx himself yeah. really helps this because he can act both ways. He's a good yeah. emoting, but he's also really silly. So I think the key to this movie is Jamie Foxx. And then uh, Jumbo Yoga is really serious too. So mm-hmm. that kind of works. And then the, um, the host kind of in between them both, like she's, she's a really good actress, but she's silly, but also yeah. kind she's of like serious. A person, so I think uh, the characters will really bring this together. Cause it's a really like Jordan Peele kind of out there yeah. kind of idea, but it's funny. It's endearing. And so, Oh cool. This is interesting. Like, it's got an interesting message, so I'm yeah. I'm glad that you. And then it's it. got that funny like taking back the block at the end. Yes, when they all like freaking like it's like a DMX movie like jelly up, <laughs> <laughs> and they all just go in there and uh, <coughs> and because uh, like there there are more twists. It, it felt like an M Night Shyamalan kind of yeah kind of like a B kind of movie story, but given a good treatment and it, yeah. it was really good. Put someone put money into it, but yeah, it's it's silly. It's a silly premise that you could just make this into like an Eddie Griffin mm-hmm. comedy, like I joked about. Yeah, it is, it, would, it looked like a lot like Undercover Brother. Yeah, at it's, the end. it's the plot of Undercover Brother, and, they, <laughs> and then it becomes so ridiculous at the end. It's perfect. It's <laughs> yeah. over the top of all of them, like all all these. Whatever. I don't want to spoil the ending, but yeah, it's yeah. great. Good movie. Check it yep. out. They clone Tyrone. It's worth your time. Nice I'm a dope boy, remember? Excuse me, kind sir, but if you could pour me to the elevator that leads down to the Freaky Laboratory. Don't let the back door. I'll be out your atmosphere. Let's get it, man. All right, next is a movie I don't think Ronnie saw. No, I don't know what this is. Uh, it's called The Burial. What is this? Starring Jamie Foxx in a very, very, very old and tired Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> so, and so this is called the, the Jamie uh, Jamie Foxx block hour. <laughs> seriously, it is. <laughs> Jamie Foxx makes Jay- things. He's it, good. This is a... Uh, based on true events film Ugh. about a very old, probably <laughs> racist guy <laughs> and, uh, who runs a funeral home or a chain of funeral homes, like five of them. <laughs> Did a spit take. When his funeral home, he gets into some financial troubles and has to sell it. So a chain of funeral homes, big, big funeral, who is this millionaire in uh, Canada offers to buy it, but it like no percentage, like 20% of guys is so boring. You did the part. He swindles Tommy Lee Jones Uh and then steals his business out from underneath him. Tommy Lee Jones then sees on like a paid for TV ad for some ridiculous lawyer, Johnny Johnny Cochran, uh, who represented like, wrongful injury like against public transit systems and stuff like ambulance chaser (laughs) yeah a very successful one and um hires him for something he's never practiced in before he's never Mm -hmm. practiced in contract law Mm -hmm. and it kind of shows how the you know the hip ways like he figures it out and he takes on big funeral and jamie fox um, is suing for like the most money that's ever been asked for. You're saying big funeral makes me giggle. <laughs> I, it's, I don't know what else to call it. Big, big <laughs> casket, big funeral home. like, uh, And Undertaker's union. <laughs> and it's like, you know, Tommy Lee Jones is super south and one of his friends is like a mega racist. But then like, you know, they have to learn to, to be friends. And, and like, it's a feel good. It's a by the numbers. Um, 
you can kind of picture just the trailer for it and stuff. Like, it's got walking on sunshine in it, probably. Maybe you know, like <laughs> they have in and uh, Jamie Foxx does a really good job. The, and the character is over the top, but they do a good job at you being like, oh, I understand him. <clears throat> I like Bless him. You. Shane's becoming woke this year by recommending all these black movies. <laughs> <laughs> Watch The Burial. It's a cute movie. Should we talk about how Jamie Foxx's life right now? How sad that is? Is it? Oh, he had that stroke, huh? He had some kind of like uh, mysterious illness, but he's back. Yeah. He's good now. But I was, I didn't know it was a thing. Because mm-hmm. like he, all these movies come out this year, so I, I thought I didn't notice anything was going on, and then I was like, yeah. "Oh, he's back." What do, you, what do you mean he's back? And I went back. I was like, "Oh, that's sad that he was like on the brink of like never walking again." But that's cool. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. What yeah. money can buy? I don't know. Like he said, like a, I don't know, he does everything. He can sing. He can act. Yeah. He can dance. He does, and he had a hip hop album once. He did, he's amazing. Jimmy Fox is incredibly the best. keep him incredibly safe. Incredibly talented. We enjoy Jimmy Fox. Jimmy Money. <laughs> so he's always presented to Kanye West, and my favorite movie of all time is Collateral. Oh, and Journey Smollett is good too. She plays the uh, who's that? The uh, the the opposing lawyer. I don't know who that is. Jesse Smollett's uh, lady. I don't know. Is there a relation? Uh, I'm guessing sister, right? Because that that name's too similar. I just know that wasn't there a Smollett, Jesse Smollett? Didn't he get in yeah, trouble? Yeah, he's the one, uh, the gay guy who said he was got trumped. Yeah, and it turned out he hired two Nigerian dudes to trump him. Yes. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Where <to> go, hero? <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it said Bayou Caviar. I was like, oh my God, is she oh in Bayou Caviar? Oh my God. <laughs> is that mentioning? Whatever. She was good. She was good. I enjoyed her. Um, also his wife, I don't know. I forgot the actress who plays his wife. Um, she does a good job too. They're just all so fun and charming. Women be acting. (laughs) (laughs) You know, (laughs) speaking of women acting, (laughs) our last one, we're going to, last one we're going to kind of touch upon. We're getting to our, a deep touching is the unbearable weight of success. I didn't watch this. Shane, tell me why are you talking about this movie? This is a movie about Nick Cage being Nick Cage and about Nick Cage's life when he is hired to come have a birthday with a Colombian drug lord and he does it because he has a cocaine habit. (laughs) And uh, this movie's weird. This is really fucking weird because I thought it would be one thing and it uh, wasn't that at all. Okay, so is it more comedy action, comedy or more action? Is it more goofy comedy? Okay, so my I like Nicolas Cage when he's reeled in by a director. Yeah, like if he goes too much over the top, he, he, he kind of bugs me. He was the only thing in Renfield that kept me enjoy it until, <laughs> until I didn't because we were going to, to cut Renfield, but I didn't like Renfield. Did you like I Renfield? I didn't like Renfield. Yeah, and. The idea sounds great, but I think it's an action trash. And you just need just put Nick Cage on the screen doing his yeah. Dracula impression. I'll watch an hour and a half of that. <laughs> and I, I like Nicholas Holt, but him and Aquafina shenanigans. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is this is awful. But just put Nick Cage back on there. Mm-hmm. He's fun with it. But this is like he either goes like I loved uh, what's the movie he did Pig. We love Pig. Pig is one of our favorite Pig. movies. But he's kind of like he's a little over the top. But they they reel him in. Is he just yeah? Like full fledged Mandy in this or what? It's um, he's full like weird cage for sure. 
but, but self-aware. Though. Yeah, he's, but he's like aware. eccentric. Like he's making fun of his own life yeah. in a pretentious way. So you're like, shut up, Nick. Like, God damn it. Oh, it's was pretentious too. But he has issues with his daughter, which I wouldn't be surprised. Um, and he's kind of like in his real life career where he has no prospects. He can't get nothing but shit movies. He's in love with them. But he wants to make an Oscar again. Oh, okay. So this Colombian drug lord is like, I've got a script and I've been going to put you in this movie. So he mm-hmm. has to go be with him for his birthday. And this Colombian drug lord's like obsessed with Nick Cage. Just okay. like loves everything. To the point he had a replica wax figurine from Face Off made. Oh, so, so it's, like, it's like Dennis Rodman and Kim Jong-un yes. type of thing. Okay. Yes, that kind of thing. And so at first they're having fun. It is like the interview. Yeah. Yeah. But Nick Cage is yeah, well, James Franco. Yeah, okay. Because uh, I, I was thinking, yeah. this sounds like foreign dictator type of thing where like the interview or like that. But not as funny because Kim Jong-un's funnier than Nick Cage. <laughs> or Pedro Pascal. Or Pedro Pascal. And Pedro Pascal is pretty good at it. Um, and then it turns into a, kind of like a stupid action film because it's two actors not doing good action. And... Uh, I don't know. It looked kind of funny, but it also looked kind of up. I don't. I don't like when actors are that self-aware because yeah. usually, because it, it reminds me of like the room too, where it's like I, I want to make a movie that makes fun of myself, but don't make fun of me. Yeah, kind of thing. Like like I'm self-aware to know that I made the worst movie ever, but but you can't make a movie where I look like the bad guy, even though if you read the behind the scenes of the room, he is the bad guy of the yeah. room. <laughs> so it's it gave me that vibe of. Um, What's the movie called with James Franco too? Another James Franco yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the Disaster Artist. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. So is it worth my time or no? Not really. No, it's not funny enough. It's funny trailer. Okay. But it's the movie. I laughed maybe three times. Mm-hmm. And that was disappointing to me because it's. I'm realizing now that when you're around the table drinking with your friends, you go, imagine Star Wars. But Fat Albert is Han Solo. And like, everyone goes, ah, because you could picture it. But if you had to execute that scene, it's not going to be as funny as you thought it was going to be. <laughs> it's kind of like a, a, a bong hit idea. Yeah. Thing. Okay. That's cool. At least yep. Nicholas Cage, ironically, is getting work in this year. He came out in that movie that everyone said was good, like the, the Dream Scenario one. Remember seeing the trailer? Oh, I really want to see I it. I want to see that. I didn't see that one, but. That he's scene, in everyone's dreams. Yeah, but yeah, they don't know if, if he's like if it's a good sign or a bad yeah. sign. Like this some guy people want to fuck him, some people mm-hmm. want to murder him. Like yeah, it's called the idea of like. Well, what I heard it was like oh, whatever. Who fucking cares? I didn't see that movie. I don't want to see this movie. But why? Well, I, I don't know. Nick Cage is. It's, I don't know. He, I want to see it. It's it's kind of like Renfield. Like like he's too self aware of it, so it gets over the top and ridiculous. So I like the the pig route with Nicholas Cage. Yeah. Do subtle movies. We respect that better. More pigs. Give us dream scenarios. It sounds better. Don't give us Willy's Wonderland for fuck's sakes. No. I tried. I started watching Willy's Wonderland. There was no movie this year that was like the menu for me though. That year was the best year, Last year? for movies. Oh my god, the mm-hmm. menu, the Northman. I remember just being like, mm-hmm. "Whoa!" This yeah. year, I was like, "What did I love?" I I love I love the the poor things. I didn't I didn't do a good job selling it, mm-hmm. uh, but the poor things is really really good. It's like. It reminds me of like the same humor of like the Banshees of Inisherin, where it's like kind of dark, mm. over the top, absurd humor. So you'd actually like it. Check it out; it's pretty good. So right. that, that's one I recommend to anyone who can handle graphic nudity. Um, do we want to get into shows really quickly then? Good yeah, boy. I watched a lot more shows this year than I watched movies. Yeah, like if hours wise. 
So there's a few shows I wanted to talk about. I think Ronnie saw a couple. I think we saw these. I saw all but one of them. All right. So I'll bring up the first one that was like the freaking where the hell did you come out of out of here office replica yeah. um, called Jury Duty. And holy fuck was it funny. It's this like candid camera meets the office and it's hilarious and even a little heartwarming at the end. I like the ending a lot. The, the ending is it's they acknowledge this guy's not the brightest guy, but man, is he one of the nicest guys? He's what they're. Good job, Ronald. <laughs> it, it, I think how it's it's funny because you can see the cast where it started off one way where they thought we're gonna get this guy to a breaking point and then mm-hmm. we're gonna have to cut it. Yeah. Where you know, like like everyone has their limits. Yeah. And it changed to look how nice this guy yeah. is. Like mm-hmm. they're not even messing with him. Yeah. They're just like, look, America, <laughs> this guy's the most amazing dude ever. You know how many panties he got from hot women because they're just like, you're the he nicest signed, he guy. He signed some kind of deal too. He's he's gonna be in some kind of show. I don't know if it's like a series or if it's like a kind of a documentary kind of thing. But he, he so he's got bid bid. But yeah, but the premise of you never seen it. it's it's good. It's basically it's a fake jury. Yeah. That but it's a hidden camera. So like this guy's being pranked for two weeks and he's like sequestered because he thinks it's kind of a COVID thing and like a, and there's a British famous actor James James Martin's great yeah. James Martin deserves an Emmy for, for playing the best version that's like <laughs> I think it's because James Martin isn't the main character so like him being that self-aware yeah. works because he's not the main character, character. of he's, this yeah it's because it, you, you'd think you could take away and focus on him but no it's about this guy Ronald who's Got a heart of gold who just puts up with a lot of shit. He that... just <laughs> and he rallies this group of misfits. Yeah, to, to make the right choice. How cute. Yeah. That's not how real juries operate. No. Okay. Um One Piece. I did not want to watch One Piece, and Shane kept bugging me saying, watch One Piece. So Shane, what's one piece that everyone's seen? It's Pokemon meets for adults. <laughs> like <coughs> it's some manga that's been rewritten. And I'd heard of One Piece, like mm-hmm. because I think it's one of like the largest mangas mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. And, longest running manga, I think. Besides and it like got made, movie. and I didn't see a Cowboy Bebop or something. Yeah. I never saw that. I that one. Um, but I'd heard good things about this, so I was like, fine, I'll do it. And holy shit, man, it's awesome. It's adult enough that the action is really good. Like, um, the guy, the swordsman, he's very talented. I think the chick did a good job. Even the One Piece guy... Gom Gom or whatever the hell his name is. Um, um, fuck. Okay. Um, I don't. I don't care for manga. I don't care for anime. Uh, I don't know. What, do you? It's about pirates. Do you? And, do you like, but they're like theme pirates. Do you like manga anime? I'm growing. It's growing on oh, me. Oh god. But okay. I grew up like a huge Pokemon fan and so Dragon Ball I, Z. But it's literally that or that never the uh, last Airbender, which is the only is even authentic anime. I like yeah. that, but this is not weird. Like it's weird, but it is, not weird it's enough. Weird. This shit's weird. Okay, it's cute. It's it's cute, and it's got a cute message. And the character, I think the characters save it. The characters are enjoyable. Yeah. And like you said, it's it's pirates. And my wife and I just kept talking, going like, they're cat pirates. So, so they're, they're, they're they're pirates who say out their attacks where they attack, and they're goofy cartoon characters. Like this is the weirdest thing. But it's it's it can't hold they're it for chef lack of pirates. You can't, there's a there's a. There's a, joker who, there's a joker who gets cut up and can fly around in pieces. Yeah. It's got so many ideas, I can't hate it. It's, it's, it's chock full of weird things. But it's not overwhelming. You're just watching it, and it does enough that, like, it, to introduce you, like, yeah, you accept, you go, oh, they're, they're cat pirates, that's what they are. The fight scenes are fast <laughs> enough where it doesn't 
like dwindled too long. Yep. I just remember in Dragon Ball Z, one of the few times I used to watch it, because I had friends who were obsessed with it, I was just laughing at it because the fights would take uh-huh. like three episodes long, and they'd just be talking, and then they'd explode, and they stop and talk. And I, I get that's more dramatic, but it's so silly, and this, this is like... They do that, but it's fast enough. It's mostly focuses on the characters, and there's a lot of touching yeah. moments about like friendships. So yeah, it's cute. Whatever. Fuck it. Yeah. Fucking watch it. Don't it's watch cute. it. It's whatever. All right, next. I don't know what this is. This is not Fleetwood Mac, the biography. Oh. <laughs> um, Daisy Jones and the Six is um, a band that isn't Fleetwood Mac. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not Fleetwood Mac. It's not Stephen Nicks. Um, it's not that something This Mac. band becomes kind of famous as like a... Beatles-esque kind of thing. Okay. But they never get, like, super famous. They just okay. get, like, good road gigs. Mm-hmm. And they're missing something. And then they meet a famous music producer who has a friend who has a beautiful voice um, whose name is Daisy Jones. And she is, let's just say, a bit of a wild child, hard to get along with free spirit. So... Hippie. Oh, okay. So she's more Stevie Nicks, and, not And the a, six are more like a... Hey, studio band, we come in, we do the hits, we make our money, we get oh, out. Okay. And uh, she. She's Joan Jett and then the Heartbreakers. And he's like, well, I gotta bring them together because their sound meeting her voice is gonna be incredible. Oh, God. And then it is. It's really good music. Like, they, normally the, where those, these movies fall apart or shows is when they actually have to sing and do the music. But whoever wrote the music did a damn good job at doing Fleetwood knockoffs. And they sound excellent. Wait, so what, what, what era is it? What decade? 70s. Oh, okay. I was thinking 80s, like punk rock. No, 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 no. That. No, it's more like uh, that 70s. And then it ends with them doing a documentary at the oh, end her. from modern times about their journey. And there's a love triangle and alcoholism and, you know, just typical band shit. Uh, but it's good. They're a fictional band or are they real? They're fictional. Oh, okay. I like her. Riley... Uh, Kia or she has a Kyo? beautiful voice. Yeah, uh, she's Elvis's granddaughter. Yes, yes, I saw yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, she's in one of my favorite movies from a couple years ago called The Cabin. Yeah, about assault. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, well acted, good stories. It's um a lot like almost famous, but okay. about Fleetwood Mac. I mean, not about Fleetwood Mac. Uh, You'll see. Okay, I'll maybe I'll actually watch. That. It's Sounds worth a watch. It's a good drama. Drug addiction, all that jazz. Okay, maybe, maybe I won't watch it, but I'll, I'll tell you I will watch it and then yeah. never watch it because you'll forget about it. We can both talk about this one. You oh, introduce yeah. it. Uh, follow the house of Usher. Follow the house of Usher. Make pretty good. Yeah. So the only thing I want to talk about here is how I made. I've been telling Shane for I think these past mm-hmm. three. Catch-ups. Have we yeah. done with podcasts? I said, you need to watch Mike Flanagan things. I've talked about all the great things he's done. And finally, Shane, what did you finally do? I started with The Haunting of Hill House. And I went, wow, it's really good. Yeah. And then I watched with someone about the funeral home. The, the Bly Manor. The Bly Manor. And I went, okay, not as good, mm-hmm. but good. And then um, I watched Black Mass. Midnight Mass. Midnight Mass. And I went, my wife and I were both like, this is our favorite director, hands down. Mm-hmm. She's like, that was incredible. Well, I was like, I don't want to watch anything else anymore <laughs> because of what that show was. So fucking good. And if I tell people, they go, but you can't tell them. No. Because episode one, I called it, and then I doubted myself episode two. Mm-hmm. And then episode three, I went, damn it, I was right. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but it's like Stephen King meets Shakespeare. Like, meets yeah, Shakespeare. some fishing town. 
uh, meets yeah, it's, yeah, it's some King. allegory about religion. Yeah, it's it's Mike Flanagan's very Stephen King, where his his mm-hmm. ideas are like phenomenal, and some of his ideas land better than others. But what he's known for is his technical filmmaking abilities and his writing, like his yes. writing bridges from like elevated Oscar worthy dialogue yep. to kind of teenage, kind of angsty, not as good, but. Yeah, Midnight Mass is the best thing. Though. It's about alcoholism. Yeah, but I think it's all about religion. About like, is it is it matter? Is truth is there? Yeah. This and that, back and forth, and then self sacrifice and sacrifice and good intentions versus harsh reality. Mm-hmm. In a small town. Yeah, it's phenomenal. So then you watch the Fall of the House of Usher, oh, which is why yes. we get to this point here. It's good. I don't want to talk about it that much because everyone loves it. It's Edgar Allan Poe meets the session. I was. This is my least favorite. Oh really? Um, especially the beginning. I didn't like the beginning that much. But this isn't to say that I'm like, oh, the whole false illusion was bad. Mm-hmm. This is my least favorite Mike Flanagan, but I still liked it a lot. Yeah. Especially uh, Mark mm-hmm. Hamill. Yeah. I really liked his mm-hmm. role. This film, this film felt more gimmicky because it's Edgar mm-hmm. Allan Poe and it felt more geared towards other people. Like Midnight Mass, I talked to people about it and they go, it's either the best thing or the worst thing. This because- is like Bloody Shits Creek. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a it's ironic like gothic Shit's Creek kind of in a way. Mm-hmm. It's goofy, but then I don't know. I think it tries to ride the line of goofy versus super serious. Oh well, right. well. what's your face? That was really good. Carla Cugino, she's really good as like she's the, always the, the mystery witch, woman, the demon, yeah, whatever she is. But yeah, she's good. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You've seen it, you haven't seen it. I can't convince you, but I also think the uh, the one that got beat up by chimps. That actress, the one that was the oh, girlfriend she's in Black great. Mask, she's so gorgeous. Yeah, but she's also she's, she's like a bitchy kind of face, but she's a really good actress. She's, she's so good, and she's also versatile because she's also was. I was I was like she yeah. looks familiar. I think she's actually Mike Flanagan's wife, but yeah, mm. but she's diverse of like different playing different roles really well yeah. too. So yeah. this one she had to play like an evil kind of like media mogul, like awful like kind yeah. of gets beaten by chimps. Yeah, it's like a Joe Rogan episode. Something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Rogan's just like I told you this would happen. Last of Us, it's great. Yeah, I yeah. expected the worst. Yeah, I didn't want to see it. And I, I think season it. two will be awful. But well, um, I don't know if you can keep the, the stories of the. Okay, my preference of zombie movies. I don't care about zombies. I only care about the human I'm parts. Opposite. And yeah, no, I know you're opposite, but like the human parts have to be not stupid melodrama all the time. They have to have like feel mm-hmm. authentically characters and have real moments. This did that really well. Like. Yeah. I don't. I forgot it was a zombie movie, but like episode three, you're like, oh yeah. Yeah. I was enjoying the story about the two, the two men that, that fall in love in the apocalypse. Yes. Oh, the yeah. best episode of TV made this year <laughs> yeah. was the one Nick Offerman. I was like, that's amazing yeah. because one thing that's beautiful about it too is I'm not homophobic, but like I just don't identify with people with like the a relationship of a man and a man. But this at the end. I was crying like a baby. Mm-hmm. I was like, that was the love of his life. That <laughs> and they held each other and they died together. Mm-hmm. And it was just beautiful, their story. And like usually like when they're presenting a relationship that isn't a heterosexual one, it's like that's the story. That was just like, no, they're just two dudes that are in love and this is them surviving. You know what I mean? Like it's so tastefully played mm-hmm. that. Well, it's, play, it's played so naturally. It's Yeah. So I think what Shane's trying to say is it doesn't feel like, hey, look, the story's about mm-hmm. gay people. Yeah. It's just, no, these are people, and they're in love, yep. and they're as simple as that. So I don't have, I don't, I don't, 
there's been a lot of shitty movies this year that are very pandering towards yes. that. And I can just kind of turn my brain off and go, yeah, okay, whatever, it's whatever, whatever. This one's not at all, and it isn't showy. And I'm sure some people are like, ew, gross. And other people are like, oh my god, it's the most best thing in the world. I'm like, yeah. this is the most natural connection I've seen yes. between two human beings on screen in a long time. So yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. It's great. It doesn't show it off and say, look at this, but it also gets back to. A lot of the plot points, you know what's going to happen, right? Yeah. Like, oh, if you play the game, you know. Yeah, if you've seen Walking Dead, you know. But I think what they do with the characters feels like authentically predictable, but also yeah. authentic to like what they would do with these characters, and it's great. But and yeah, she's obnoxious, and I thought I was going to hate this show because Ellie is so fucking annoying. That's how teenage girls are. But they do a good job at like. Mm-hmm. softening her a little bit yeah. making her more of a little girl later mm-hmm. and uh yeah like the, the whole yeah. episode with with her and that girl that they she like they're friends but she kind of has feelings for her that they don't really fully address but they right. kind of do it but what matters is she loses her friend and that's what sours her. Yeah, yeah it's good it's all done you know what's going to happen but i think the acting and the the character writing is the what monsters are good yeah, I was surprising with the writers. I thought it was like the Game of Thrones people. I was like, oh, God, I hope it's not oh, these fucking people. No. But no, I liked it. It's good. Okay, last thing. Every year Shane talks about The Witcher. Shane, did you watch The Witcher this year? Fuck no. Why did you not watch The Witcher? I banned it. You fired Henry Cavill, and then you did... Just fuck you. These people came with... The, they, <laughs> if you didn't like The Witcher, you shouldn't have been fucking writing for it, you sons of bitches. <laughs> God, I hate you. I hate you. You ruined Henry Cavill. And maybe he is an asshole. Maybe when you work on set with him, you're like, okay, never mind. I see why everyone fired Superman. Like, yeah. But the what his branding that he's put out, fuck you. He made that show. Whatever. So I watched um, <laughs> I watched the first half of Witcher season and three. And something heard... was wrong. Season one, I was like, this isn't right. <laughs> this isn't right. Season two. And then the, they... They were in a civil war before season three even got fucking put out. So I was like, this is not good. This is not good, Captain. And I heard Henry Cavill's in it for like 12 minutes total for the entire time. And it's his fucking show and they cut him out of it. He's in all of it. Shut up. So, so I watched the first half of it, but then I heard what Shane wasn't going to watch. I was like, oh, cool. I can, not, so I can stop watching this TV show. Now I stopped caring. So I don't know what happens at the end of the, the, the series. I don't know if they kill him off or they keep him. But they, No, they recast him. Okay, so but the, as the, Liam Hemsworth, there's not going to be like goodbye to Cavill, and I can do some kind of nope, thing. just a fuck you in the night. <laughs> fuck you, Witcher, you're done. You got CD Projekt Red, fucking spike the ball. The Witcher. Which one's Wh- Project Red? They're the ones that made Cyberpunk. Oh, I don't know. I'm I'm out of the video game kind of oh. world. All right, well, fuck Witcher. What are we talking about next? Uh, we got one more movie. So we've kind of gone. We've talking. A nauseam of films we loved and some we hated and some we thought were okay. But now, in our usual tradition, we pick a, f- a movie to, to focus and dive deep on. We mm-hmm. watch together. So, do you remember what our first year was, Shane? Because this is first year. Our first year. This is our fourth. Was that year. Fat Man? It was a Fat Man with Mel oh, Gibson. Oh yeah. Do you remember the year after that? The infamous year. Was that Bayou Caviar? Yep. <laughs> oh no! You always make me remember that. I forget about it all year. And you go, remember Bayou Caviar? I go. How do you forget about Cuba Gooding Jr. and the Ar- and he plays roles R. Kelly? You raped a girl, but you didn't. What? Oh. He R. Kelly. And then uh, last year we watched um, On the Line. Do you remember On the Line? <laughs> the ransom, but it was all a joke. It, yeah, it was, was all the dream. He's a shock jock. He was like a, a, yeah. a like a conservative Howard Stern showing the woke mob. Mm-hmm. So, and then it was a prank that gone wrong. And but then, it was made by a, a non. 
non-English speaking Italian. Yeah, yeah it's, I think it's about a, made by a Frenchman. Yeah, and then and then the end is a twist of a twist. They were just messing with him. They ruined his life to mess with him because he's a big prank guy. That was mm-hmm. right. It was a prank on a prank. It was like for his birthday, or no? Yeah. It was to prank the assistant, right? Yeah, but then, but then, but then. Oh, like, they. Pr- oh, yeah, because then the assistant gets thrown down the stairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a prank of a prank, yeah. and they ruin his life for that. Yeah. Oh my God. I remember this. Okay, just this, this is how the process goes. So we make a list of the movies, and I say, hey, let's watch one together to review deeper. So I give Shane a list every year. Mm-hmm. So Shane always happens just to pick the one that just the flight of his fancy, for whatever reason. <laughs> so this year, today, I showed we're in person, and I, I showed him my, my plethora of shitty Amazon Prime recommendations. <laughs> oh They're like, you're weird. You'll like this shit. And Shane, we went, we went back and forth, but Shane picked the one this time. Shane, what did we pick the film this time. I picked a movie called Good Boy and Wow we Wowie. Come on, Frank. A middag. Come on, tell me. Was it a good date? Han är schack. Lite genert, men på en sån som är något där. Vad du gör? Jeg teller antall kalorier av dere. Så du er en kontrollfrik? Nei. Kunne du tenkt å bli med hjem? Bor du her alene? Det har hun. <laughs> This movie is about a Tinder date gone wrong. That a man, a rich man, has a dog. But this dog is Wilfred, but not in a cute kind of like he drinks beer and farts thing. He's, he's a Oh no, you can't ruin it. <laughs> I mean, he's a man that plays a dog. And then um, this lady comes and she's like, this is fucked, man. You can't have a man that's a dog. And then her friend goes, you need to fucking get woke, bro. <laughs> and she goes, okay, I'll go have sex with him again. <laughs> and then she like kind of falls for this dude. And then she finds out that, This dog may not want to be a dog. Okay, I'm bleeping, <laughs> I'm bleeping all that out because we don't want to spoil this movie, right? Or at least we'll, we'll get to it. Mm-hmm. So, I think the fun part was when we picked this movie, we thought it's going to go one way. Mm-hmm. And then the fun part for us was creating new scenarios of what, yes. what could happen. And then it got disappointing. Yeah. Because it, it kind of fell under, oh, that's not really creative. And then it redeems yeah. itself at the end. Yeah. So, before we... We go through like line by line we'll here. Start first third. Would you would you recommend Good Boy to people? Like, like, sorry, who would you recommend Good Boy to before we get into the the plot? People who like these weird movies, <laughs> like, because if my grandma watches this, she's be like, I don't like this. <laughs> And me, I was just like screaming the entire time because I was like, I thought she's. <laughs> um, yes, you need to see it. You need to see it. It's it's short. It's very quick, and it's just an unsettling ride. Yeah, it's it's like it's played kind of like a romantic comedy, but kinda. it's shot like a thriller because it's like cringy yeah. dialogue, and yeah. then and like you know exactly where it's going to go the entire time, and then it takes you where it's going to go, and then it gives you a little flip on the end. So I don't know who I'd recommend this to weirdos who like weird. Thrillers, but it's not. Yeah. But it's 
It's not a word sex one. No, there's no I, sex. We thought I was going there. So it's going to lose those people. So people like me, I'm, I'm not interested in this movie anymore. Yeah. But, but check it out if you want to... The weirdest movie of the year. Yeah. It's Norwegian. So you have to read <laughs> subtitles and accept some weird fucking... Norwegian is oddly understandable, though. <laughs> <laughs> it makes more sense. White people get bored. They do weird shit. Uh, okay, so let's break this down. So okay. it starts off immediately, and, and you were laughing in control with the movie. It starts immediately with... It shows the guy in the dog suit. Yeah, there's no buildup and, like, reveal. Like, you think how I picture this opening happening is... He's doing dog stuff. Come here, boy. You know, ha, 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 throwing the tennis ball, doing stuff. But you never actually see the dog. You just hear it and you see action. And then as it goes on, the reveal is that it's a uh, person in a dog suit. This just goes, yep, dude in a dog suit. And you go, oh, like in the first scene. And, and yep, just dude in a dog suit. Yeah, but... Looking back on it, because this movie was a roller coaster of we we loved it, we hated it, we loved it, we hated it. Then we'll get to the the ending. Yeah. But but like it shows you immediately. But it makes more sense now. The very routineness yeah. of what their day to day life is. The, the twist isn't. It's a guy in a dog suit. They tell you immediately. It's like no, there's a guy in a dog suit. But the mystery is what's their relationship? Are they lovers? Mm-hmm. Are yeah. they friends? Is one a captor? Is one controlling the other yeah. one? And then it gets so then after immediately we get to the oddness and uncontrollable yeah, laughter of just sensual thing. Yeah, uh, but just laughing at this guy in a dog <laughs> mask is just, it's hard to get through. So then, so then, then he goes on this girl that looks like Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah, remind you, it's all Norwegian. So and and they go on a date and she's rich. She's kind of a, a kind of an apathetic kind of college girl, yeah. right? Doesn't really have a Rando college girl, yeah. Yeah, but she's like typical. She's always on her phone. She's she's not dressed up, but yeah. he's obviously a social weirdo, obviously, because there's a guy in a fucking dog suit, but, yeah. but he dresses like Christian Gray from like the, the yep. Fifty Shades of Gray. So he's obviously rich, but he is awkward. They immediately go home and have sex because he's rich, yep. and and then she wakes up in the morning and sees the doggo. The dog. There. And so this is where I go, oh, this is going to be one of those weird sex things, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah. And, like, Ronnie's like, no. Because, and then, like... Because movies nowadays kind of ruin, because it, it tells you why it's rated R for. Yeah. And it's rated for language and some, I think, drug or some violent content yeah. or some yeah, some violent content. So I know immediately it's not going to go weird sex route. So I knew too much going in, but go ahead. And I was like, no, she's going to fuck that dog. Mm-hmm. She's going to have sex with that dog. And... Ronnie was like sitting there and at some point she goes like, does he have sex? And Ronnie goes, my God, <laughs> you were right. And I was like, oh, and yes. So, so first things first, it gets, it gets cringy because so she sees that he has a dog and she rightfully leaves. Yeah. She freaks the fuck rightfully out. Rightfully understandable, which we'll get to, we'll get to my, my good scenario question. Would you, <laughs> would you rather? A little bit, but, 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 but like, like she fucks this guy, wakes up to see his guy in dog costume and rightfully decides, yep. fuck this, yep. I'm leaving. So then she goes home and talks to her, her roommate, who looks like her mom. Yeah. <laughs> I kept wondering if it was, it was the mom or the friend. It's obviously the friend, but it looks like a mom. And then she keeps saying, 
He's a rich millionaire. I know who he is. His parents are dead. He's wealthy. Go back and fuck him some more. <laughs> but then later play, says, play hard to get. But, but go back and fuck him yeah. some more for money. And she goes, oh, okay. He's rich. Yeah. But, but she does say he has, good, he has a good personality, which is right. one thing in those thrillers. How can psychopaths hide that they're psychopaths? But whatever. Yeah. She likes this guy. He's weird and kind of awkward. And her friend says, like, you should not judge people. Yes. So then, so then they go on a second day and they have a long, awkward conversation of, man, remember like 10 years ago when gay people... Couldn't be married and were couples. Yeah. How weird was that? This is the same thing. I'm like, oh god, you're equating these two different things. Yeah, I thought I was like, is this a pro furry thing? Like, yeah. <laughs> so then this is the part of the movie we got fun for us again yeah. because we started creating the ending of the movie. Yep. What's gonna happen? Shane first thought, is she gonna? Oh, that she's gonna fuck that dog. <laughs> she thought she's gonna fuck that dog because we're talking about accepting like people for who they are, their kinks or whatever it is. I just thought about it. It's still possible that they fucked. We'll get to that in a little bit. <laughs> so then, so then, um, so then I was like, no, it's 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 gonna be. He mentions Hitchcock, so I think it's gonna be. Oh, maybe it's the yeah. mom, or or maybe it's a, a woman tied up. It's like weird mommy issues, yeah, kind of thing. Murder, yeah, like this and that. And he, and he talks to the dog, this and that, whatever. And he thinks it's real, but no, it doesn't get into that. So then, so then, so then the next step is she goes back to him. They talk about the. Oh, gay people are like dogs. I'm like, oh, that's a that's a really weird com- connection to do. <laughs> I don't like that. And then the thing after that it goes to is, does he have sex? Yeah. She asks him, does um does Goob is Frank Frank fuck? is his name, yeah. And then what does he say? He goes, not in front of me. And I go, oh my god. No, no, no. Or not that I've seen. No, it's um the the exact dialogue is, he fucks behind my back. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, oh my god. And Roddy's like, you son of a bitch. You're right. She's gonna fuck that dog. <laughs> and I was like, and so the whole time we're like, she's gonna fuck that dog until a certain scene happens mm-hmm. that we go, oh no. So, so we, we kept thinking of these really good <laughs> ideas and plots, yeah. and then I'm not gonna lie, we were a little little lit when we were watching this mm-hmm. movie. And then we got into the part of pitching ideas for movies, and Shane had the best idea of what we should do with uh, with with all dog movies. You you changed them into dudes in dog costumes <laughs> like this. So like Marley and me, <laughs> <laughs> oh Wilson just like petting this yeah. this guy in like a lab outfit. <laughs> <laughs> and then I want to make a movie called Guard Dog. <laughs> <laughs> What's the premise of Guard Dog? When you break into a house and Terry Crews just comes walking around, he's like, you're in the wrong house, motherfucker. <laughs> he's taking this big... And he's like dressed dump. like Wilfred. <laughs> <laughs> and the response is, what do you do? Shoot your pants? Laugh? Scream? Like, what's your response? Yeah. You see Terry Crews and a dog outfit. <laughs> oh, in theaters this summer, Guard Dogs. <laughs> Featuring Jamie Fox. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my god. So that was a good idea. And then that movie never goes that fun. No. It, it's, it does it, not. It takes itself very, very seriously. Annoyingly. And then um then it becomes paint by the numbers and it gets really distracting. Because it's I think every 20 minute increments our emotions change. Change. It's yeah. like it's like, oh, this is weird. Oh, this is kind of paint by the numbers boring. Yeah, like, oh no. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, okay, maybe, maybe. The, um, oh. So it, it changed, but the next scene is kind of paint by the numbers. Um, they go to a cabin after only mm-hmm. bidding three days. She's stupid because she loves his money, apparently. Yeah. And they go to a, a remote cabin in the woods. 
immediately he takes away her phone. phone yep. Uh, says we should be disconnected this weekend, and she goes, oh, no problem. Yes, of course. Yeah. And then she has then then the the house is locked on the inside. The house she doesn't put two and two together that he locks his doors from the inside. <laughs> so she needs a key to get out of the house. And yeah. it's like, uh oh. So that's so what's like, gonna happen. So our rape senses are tingling yeah. in our heads going, This is gonna get weird, He's isn't it? He's keeping people in here. Yeah, we know what's gonna happen. And then and then they're 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 getting sensual to r- very romantic uh, house music, uh, Norwegian yeah. house yeah. music. It's like just a root sandstorm, and they're just relaxing, drinking wine, like and making out on the couch. And then and then he walks away to go get more wine. And then finally, after an hour of this, Wilfred turns around and goes, "Give me the fuck out of here!" He's a psychopath. We need to escape. Ricky. So then it's like, oh, then we get disappointed because it's like, oh, it's just going to be this guy's yeah, crazy it's just the rich guy. kind of thing. Like. Yeah, crazy rich guy who makes him be a dog. Like, oh, that's going to suck. So then it goes by the numbers. She tries to get her phone back, doesn't, try, gets a knife, doesn't this and that. So they, they sneak off to have a private conversation to plan to get away. And he's obviously recording because he's mm-hmm. rich and evil. It becomes like a weird version of like the Invisible Man. Yeah. Not as good. And then. It gets to like the climax where it's like obvious. Okay, yep. he cap- she figures it out, captures her. They run away. They come back, try to stop him, and it's like oh, okay. But then it takes a turn for the different, and it ends in a way that I'm like, oh, I like this. Yeah. So so after the the obvious ways, you think they're gonna get away from him. Yeah. Because uh, Nor- Norway doesn't have guns; they have the vicious clubs. <laughs> she uh, she clubs him on the head to save Frank. Oh, we should talk about this though. What does she say Frank from? What is what is um, not Alexander Skarsgård doing to to Frank in the in the cabin or in the barn? Oh, in the barn of we pain. Thought, we thought it was gonna get sexual, but yeah. it obviously Sally did not. Yeah, I know. He takes him to like his torture barn, and you would expect there to be more instruments, but he really doesn't have a lot of things. He literally he like gag balls him and then like covers his ears so he can't hear and blindfolds him and then like really terrifying. throws like cold water and like chokes him with a bag and uh spanks him relentlessly to heavy metal music uh, yeah but and he screams at him hits him he's in the cage and so he screams bark at him <laughs> so he's using just u.s military tactics yeah right? it's literally just a scene from um cia uh what was that movie with Catherine bigelow Oh, um, the, the Zero Dark Thirty. Yes, it's just Zero Dark Thirty. It's just the first 30 <laughs> minutes of Zero Dark Thirty. Then, like, like I like that scene because it was it was not what I thought. I, I thought it was going to be, like, a something up his ass or, yeah. or some kind of weird, like, sexual doggy oh, things. But yeah. it's not. He's, like, beating the dog. Spanking and like, him, yeah. And using psychological torture. So, I'm like, that's kind of a weird thing. So, my, I perked up again. And she comes in. Clubs him. Tries to save him. Then motherfucker grabs a goddamn baseball bat and discombobulates her, and then yeah. and then goes into what she, she, I don't know what you called it. Maybe the last twenty five minutes you yeah. said what was going to happen to her. She was going to be turned into a dog. Yeah, and it does. It demonstrates how he does it. He starts off not totally subtle, but like sit, mm-hmm. stay, you know, get up, like commands. Yeah. Well, my question is that he always. I don't think he always wanted to groom her to be a dog, right? He no. wanted to groom her to be a girlfriend because he cries when he has to hit her. But he, but then does show like what's the process, and then he makes her into a female dog. Yeah, it's yeah. Like a dog. And then the most disturbing. So then, so then we think it's done. Yeah. It shows Frank can't escape. He's stuck with this guy, this girl. I think Sibia, which is sort of the ass. What's her fucking name? Sigrid. Sigrid. Sigrid um, is now like 
maybe she is, maybe she isn't, but she's like a, a loyal like dog to him now. And then he's carrying more. He puts down another food bowl and says, "Eat." I'm like, I'm "Like, oh, is it be a kid?" I said jokingly, "I thought yeah. like that'd be a kid." And then it's a kid. It's a baby dressed as a dog. Yeah, he's and he's and he's training it to eat out of the dog bowl. The question is, did he fuck Sigrid or did Frank fuck Sigrid? I don't know, but I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's got this like light human centipede feel, but it's a little more tasteful. I don't know, like, I, they, do you think, not to be offensive, they didn't go sexual because they didn't want to do the fetish thing? Yeah. Because, like, it's not, because, like, they discuss it might be a fetish thing, but, and, and he's lying, obviously. It's a control thing. It's a control thing. He's a monster, and he's using it to abuse, uh, like, abuse this guy for whatever reason. Yeah. I, I kind of like that they, they don't explain the real story. It's like the Joker kind of thing, like yeah. a fake backstory. We don't really know why this is happening, but he's just a monster. Yeah. The point being is, um... I thought it was going to go really dark, like sexual, like and get kind of way out there, but it doesn't. It gets kind of subtle. Yeah. Looking back on it, I like it more, but I wish it was less kind of paint by the numbers at some point. I, let's face it. People who watch these movies want to see some fucked up sex. Hello. Like, so I never thought I'd say, but I need a little more Ronnie in it. You know, like, <laughs> a little more like where he's like, mount. <laughs> and you're like, oh, no, oh, no. We kept. I think the problem was our imaginations got the better of us. Yeah. We kept making a, a more fucked up Norwegian movie yeah. in our heads, and this one's like a. It's an. It's enough fucked up. Like yeah. I, I think. I think an, an, a slightly abnormal person could watch this. Like, oh, that was creepy, but because it, it was going the way that we were painting it, no one would want to watch that besides no. me, you, and no, me. Yep, we'd love it. It'd be our favorite movie. Yeah. Of the year. <laughs> yeah, only you and I would be like, yes, this is beautiful art. But everyone else would be like, what's wrong with you two? It's disgusting. Yeah, but uh. But, I'm glad Kevin Smith didn't get a hold of this. <laughs> I don't know. I think the I think the ending was enough shocking to like bring me back into it. Okay, cool. You, you had a little edge because I was worried it was going to end mm-hmm. with they escape. Yeah, and it's whatever trauma bad. It's okay to judge a book by its cover. It's a fucked up cover like yeah. that. So it leads me to the most important question, Shane. You're wined and dined and fucked from behind by a beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, Pick a, pick a hair Norwegian color. man. A beautiful, beautiful Norwegian man. <laughs> he has all the money in the world, so you can, you, you can stop going to school and you can do whatever you want to all the day. But you wake up the next day after a beautiful lovemaking session and there's a fucking dog staring at you in the face. It's a man man dog in a costume. Oh, I want a women dog. <laughs> <laughs> no. Fine, woman dog. We'll reverse Ooh, all the genders oh, there. Oh. But you're, you're a gay man, so I don't get... Oh, okay. Remember but, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe I go both ways. Okay, whatever. Maybe, maybe I'm like... Uh, Leonard Bernstein. <laughs> Did you mention he was gay? I'm like Leonard Bernstein. We also didn't mention he was a Jew. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I want to talk about that too. I forgot. Is, I don't know if I want a cigarette or I'd never want to smoke it again because Ernest Bernstein just like blew through those fucking things like crazy. It composed music. And I'm gay. Gay. <laughs> um, so, would you f- keep fucking that man, that beautiful, beautiful Skarsgårdsian man? She asked me this question during the movie. I said, <laughs> I just kind of sat, thought, I went, and he's rich. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, darling, yeah. <laughs> would you fuck like, this man? I, for like billionaire money, yeah, I could, I could get over it. Mm. I could get over it real quick. It's multimillionaire, only multimillionaire though. Oh, uh, so we're talking like Ford dealership rich? Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I uh, oh yeah, I could I could get used to it. Fuck it, like, fuck it. Yeah, 
You know how hard no. it is to be rich? No. No. I'm in. And you're going to be the dog. <laughs> I, I got so mad at... I like the girl in this because she immediately goes, fuck this, and gets yeah. out of there because I respect her, and then she gets... Peer pressured Through into the worst this. argument I've ever seen. The friend makes no good points. No, he's rich, but he <laughs> his but he he might be fucking this dog. He might be fucking rich, a man in a dog costume. But he's rich. He fed it dog food. Yeah. So, I don't know. Does it work as? Does it work as a? Does it work as a thriller? It's not very thrilling. We kept wondering Mildly where it was gonna thrilling. go. Yeah. But I think we just. Got ahead of ourselves and... I think if we would have just made the biggest assumption, mm -hmm. then it would have been, yeah. Maybe if we didn't watch it together. Maybe we'd watch it separately because together we're just like laughing and joking yeah. the entire time and thinking of way better ideas in this movie. But I, I liked where it ended and I liked some parts of it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, for a, what, an hour and... Yeah. 50, like this an hour and, and $12? Minutes. Yeah, <laughs> maybe $12. It's weird Norwegian shit. Yeah, just we ruined it, but... See the good boy. Well, don't see it now. We, we spoiled it. But if you, you skipped ahead to this point right here, see it. It's it's worth your $5. It's, and it's not furry porn like you thought it would be. Yeah, we, we had the theory that it's going to be furry porn. It's going to be pro-furries. Yeah, it's some pro-furry propaganda. It, it takes like 45 minutes to get to like it's point. thrilling yeah. points because it, it's just kind of like flat and dramedy, mm -hmm. a drama kind of shot. Like it's just like the dialogue is kind of cringy and, and then it's just like it's a dog. Yeah. There's no sting. There's, there's, I guess, the, like the lack of music kind of applies that, but really, it's, it's kind of bland. And then it has weird peaks, and it's got a good yeah. creepy ending. I don't know, but oh my god, you talked. Good, good boy. Frank Cornelius, som likt mig för den här. I think that's everything, Shane. Um, are there? I can't think of any others. Any other movies that pop into your head? Oh, uh, did you see Evil Dead? The Evil Dead Rise. Fucking awful. It was fine. It was fucking awful. I thought it was fine. I, like it's forgettable. So dumb. It's so dumb. Um, what other movies? Uh, that's all I wrote down. There's some shitty movies. I think. I got drunk and saw the Marvels. I went to a <laughs> I went to a work function and they bought out a theater, and I got I'm like oh cool like free movie I'm just get drunk, so I got drunk and watched the Marvels. <sighs> it's one of the funniest endings of my entire <laughs> life. I was laughing uncontrollably because like all well, the the terrible humor. At one point, Samuel Jackson yells out um, "Black girl power," and they got quiet in the movie theater. And I just started laughing because I'm like that felt <laughs> I felt on his face. And then it was the best ending to the movie. It's um. They use uh, alien cats to swallow people because, long story short, their their ship's gonna blow up and they have to evacuate. But there's not enough uh, escape pods, so they use mutant cats to swallow people. And and then the cats are smaller, and they put all the cats in the escape pods and save the people because mutant cats eat them, and they throw them up afterwards. It's kind of the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, who, what kind of fucking weirdo thinks of mutant cat immigration? <laughs> Kind of love that part. It's not good though. Part. I love that part. <laughs> the fucking thought of that idea. It's so great. But uh, I, I was gonna watch um, Flash, but I was like, you know what? I have more important things to do with for three hours of my life. Oh my god! Yeah, I can't. I can't do it. 
I was, I was trying to like I, I saw a lot of temple stuff. I mentioned like the Barbies and Oppenheimers, and those are all mm-hmm. good. But like I would try watching some Marvel shit, and I just like I was like, no, I did. Oh. I, start, I started turning that, w- that kind of stuff off. I wish I would have saw Godzilla too. Oh, Godzilla minus one. Yeah, I've heard good things, and I love Godzilla. So, meh. I don't like gods. I don't like Godzilla that much, but I like monster movies. I like destruction. Oh well. So, um, plans? Any movies coming out next year? The Looking Beekeeper. <laughs> I'm seeing the Beekeeper so hard. <laughs> Jason Statham taking it to the rich, giving it to the needy. It's like his weird Robin Hood. But, uh, but made for incels. Made for incels. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. So, the beekeeper. That's what I want to see. So see Jason Statham and Aquila and the bee. Yeah. <laughs> he, he learns to help children read. Yeah, the spelling bee. <laughs> yeah, spell. Who the fuck wrote this movie? Oh, it's probably AI. Oh, David Ayer. Yeah. That's the guy who did um, uh, Suicide Squad. and uh, the <laughs> going to kick movies. ass. It's going to kick ass. You did that movie with, um, with Brad Pitt and Shia LaBeouf for the war one. Oh, uh, Fury. Fury. I never saw Fury. I'm looking forward okay. to Dune Part 2. Oh, yeah. Dune, I'm excited Dune for Dune. Dune 1 was awesome. Dune kicks ass. Um, I want Dune. I was mad that they pushed it back till next year. But yeah, I'm excited for Dune. Um, fuck, I don't know. Is anything else interesting that's out in the, coming out? Uh, I don't know. I try to be surprised now. Oh, um, the guy who did um, uh, the, uh, the, the Norseman. He's, he's making a Nosferatu. Oh, he's making a remake of Nosferatu, so we're excited for. Um, Interesting. Yeah, not a unique idea, but his style is always cool. Yeah, pretty dramatic. Yeah, I can't remember who's starring in. I think it's Anya Taylor Joy, maybe, maybe not. Oh we yeah. Like oh, that's what I was thinking of. Uh, Mad, Fac- Mad Max uh, Furiosa. She's she's uh, Furiosa. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah, they're making a, a prequel about Furiosa, and Anya Taylor Joy plays Charlize Theron's character mm. Furiosa. She's hot right now. She's so hot right now. You know who I wish would come back was uh, the um, the chick from um, Ex Machina. Oh, Vicander. Uh, yeah, I like her a lot. Well, she got nominated for an Oscar and everyone forgot about her. Yeah. Oh, no, she was, wasn't she in that one? She with... was Tomb Raider. Yeah, that flopped. Yeah. I think she was in that one with Eddie, Eddie Redmayne where... Yeah, there's Was somewhere. she in that one or was that Jessica Chastain? Where, where, like, where like, he's like the bad nurse, right? He like murders people? Uh, Ratchet? No. No. <laughs> No, it's like a, it's like a weird. There it is. What's the movie called? He's weird looking. He's so weird looking. He just plays weird things. The Good Nurse. You know, you know this one? It's a Netflix nurse. movie. I wanted to watch this, but my wife can't handle. Oh, it's just a chance thing. Never mind. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what Alicia Vikander's done. I don't really fucking care anymore. But she's she's pretty. Oh, the uh, Civil War. The Alex Garland one coming out. It's about a civil war in America. Oh yeah. I like Alex I'm Garland. I'm so sick of it. Well, because you're, you're, you're afraid of the real civil war between <laughs> the nerds and the incels. <laughs> They're both fight for who can get laid the least. Uh, we'll see what this movie year brings us. This one was pretty good. Now I think about it, I think 2022 is better. But... Um, yeah, I think those... More epic. Mm, well... I think we both saw more similar good movies last year. Mm. I think we, we we had a lot of common ground on like great movies. Like like yeah. there wasn't a North a Northman, and the menu which you like more than I did. Or the, what's the oh the like? menu? You like the menu a lot. Um, but yeah, well, oh well. Um, how's it going in writing our script, Shane? I don't know. Have you written a word? Mm-mm. 
Me either. So, well, I don't know, man. Fuck you. You we're made busy. the podcast. Yeah. We've had a very eventful, busy year. You didn't send us money so I couldn't quit my job. So. I know. We're, we're, we're trying to do this. This is your fault. It's all your fucking fault. But you're still listening. Thank you. We appreciate this. This is a wrapping up our fourth year wrap up. Bye. Let's talk about Good Boy with Corey. <laughs> <laughs>
Welcome. <laughs> oh, let's actually Google some pup play here. Let's sort of figure yeah. out what's going on with this. All right. Okay. This is okay. all cuttable. <laughs> no, it's not. It's all on YouTube. It's will be fine. This is, it's all good. Okay, it's looking at this. Okay, there we go. So we should type into my YouTube browser. That's, that's definitely not an incognito mode right now. He mounts me from behind. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. okay, so I'll type this in. Do you think they'll actually have it on YouTube? Oh, my. <laughs> oh, it, it falls under education. <laughs> it's just educational thing. Oh, dogs are people, too. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that an old lady? <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, it's, it's Oh, it's, I don't like it when there's black dogs. <laughs> this is weird. I don't like it. That's oh, that feels wrong. Wait, that's Michael Vick. Uh-oh. Oh, Wait, it's He's it's, gonna fuck that dog. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's one dog, two cups. <laughs> oh man. I liked Wilfred. Wilfred's a good show that gets into like an existential crisis at the end. It's funny. It's funny that you never finished it. No. Yeah, you told first, me about the end. And I was like, yeah. "Oh fuck." Yeah, it gets like it gets dark. I like Elijah Wood, he needs to do more things. I'm glad that he has money; he doesn't have to do things. But I want him to do more yeah, things. He's got that Frodo money. Yeah, <laughs> I want Frodo money. Let's write a, a shitty Zack Snyder space opera, and then we'll make no money because <laughs> oh, we'll produce it ourselves, God. and then get no money from Netflix. He might never make a movie again now. <laughs> I should have saw the creator. It's okay. Like it's, like I said, I give sci-fi a, a, a good pass for a lot of things because good sci-fi is hard to fund. <laughs> I watched Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. I did too. And the Santa Claus. Awesome. That movie's kind of fun. I it's laughed really hard when you because the quote was in there. Yeah. Where he's like, "We Drake Brown liquor, <laughs> <laughs> field dressed a cat, and looked for women." <laughs> when, when, when Tim Allen does does his like a stand-up kind of humor, his like yeah. his. His 80s, just like cocaine, cocaine, rattled. make fun of for like liberals. Uh, humor is funny. I enjoy that. And, and then it gets all sappy and annoying. Yeah. And I never knew he was conservative, but like, oh, really? <laughs> I, I've noticed that Tim Allen's always an asshole, though. Oh, I think he's an asshole in real life. Yeah. I think he's just got this assholiness. To I, I told you the story, right? About the time I filmed the Tim Allen book, right? Yes. I, okay. Yeah. Okay. So remind, I, I told him this podcast. I'm pretty sure I told it before, but, um, I'm a I'm a weird book reader. So like my dad in his job, he was clearing out a library one time, and they just donated books. And he said, "Here, I'll take some of these throwaway books to my son." And he'll look at him. So he dumped out a bunch of books and said, "Look at these books." I said, "Thanks, Dad." Thanks <laughs> so I was looking Kama through the books. Sutra, Dad. Yeah, so I was looking through these random books, and then one of them was like um, a biography of Tim Allen. I'm like, God damn it! If I gotta remember what the fuck, let me look at this up. I can't. I can't. I can't. A biography. There's a biography. Like in like the '90s. You know, celebrities would write their shitty biographies yeah. that are probably ghost-written and his funny and silly anecdotes, but... Um, Not as good as Green Lights. <laughs> no, I... I Goddamn, I should have should have bought an audiobook for you, or... Uh, for you, because you're such a huge McConaughey fan. Yeah. Oh, Goddamn it, where's your fucking... Anything McConaughey does, big fan. Yeah, he has, like, he's like no self-awareness. <laughs> no. Hi, Malin. I'm not really here. No. Prince got a couple of them. Alan Lay Bear? No. Yes. It was Don't Stand Too Close to a Naked Man by Tim Allen. That oh, was that was the biography God. that I, I got and I opened up I opened it up and then at one point he's giving like advice about how to pick up chicks and then oh, uh, and then no. about like um getting sober from Coke. But you know, he's writing it while he's high on Coke. So. Yeah. 
But yeah, but yeah, there, there you go. Speaking of which, since we're both inebriated and talking rambling here, you still haven't seen Big Trouble. We should watch Big Trouble. It's a comedy by Tim Allen. It's got a stellar cast. It's about them finding a nuclear warhead in Florida. <laughs> oh, Jesus. It's got Johnny Knoxville, Tom Sizemore. No. It's got um, uh, Rene, uh, Jean Rousseau, not Jean Rousseau, Rene Rousseau. Um, it's got um, Jesus, uh, Jason Lee. He plays Jesus. <laughs> Uh, it's wow. got an all-star cast of people. It's, it's a it's a stupid comedy. <laughs> that sounds insane. We should watch porn. Oh, it, sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll put back in the pup play. Here we go. And they're mounting. Oh, boy. It's kind of hot. I'm going to ask my wife to dress up like a dog. Cut. <laughs> <laughs>